This episode of Video Game Apocalypse is brought to you by NordVPN. VGA listeners can get an exclusive deal at nordvpn.com slash lasertime by using the code lasertime. Try it risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Everybody and welcome to episode 563 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host Michael Raparos, coming to you from the Eagle Quam or Eagle Quam Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to Patreon.com/LaserTime. Join us at the $20 level, or if you just want access to our bonus shows, etc., join us at the $5 level. But who's joining me now? Woo. Heck Diver, Chris Antista. And Monsieur Webb, Matthew Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Monsieur Webb. Mademoiselle Webb. Yes. <laughs> so after Madame Webb goes to live in France uh, 30 years later in the 60s, whatever. Wow. Uh, it makes us the first podcast to talk about Madame Webb. Good job, Matt. <laughs> and Monsieur Spade. Uh, I, I literally, someone in the Laser Time Facebook group posted a picture of an empty movie theater. They didn't say which movie they were seeing. And it's sad that I knew exactly which movie they're going to see. It's like, oh, you're going to see Madame Web. If that, if that yeah. doesn't cause Sony to relinquish those idiotic rights, this is just Roger Corman's Fantastic Four being made every three years. Yeah. Well, speaking it's of, first Marvel movie since Fox's Fantastic Four to not be number one its opening weekend. They lost two. Bob Marley. Wait, no, 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 no. Morbius. There's no way Morbius was number one. It's okay. I think weekend. it was in its weekend. No. Yeah. Morbius opened. Morbius opened with like 30 million domestic. This thing opened at 17. That wow. might have been that post-COVID area where Jurassic Park was number three at the box office. <laughs> <laughs> Morbius also had the weird GameStop meme stock thing going on of people going to see it ironically. Yeah. Like, let's it's go It's Morbin time. It's Morbin time. Or it's it, true, Sony. Release Madam Web again, and maybe people will go see it. But, but I remember it. part of that meme thing was fucking with the studio. I remember it leaving theaters fairly quickly, but like they talked it up online to the point the movie makers were convinced it was like... A word of mouth success. How like yeah, we're gonna yeah. bring it back to theaters I, I, with popular demand. Like people were were you know saying, bring it back to theaters. I didn't get a chance to watch it the first time, and then all the people and who nobody. asked for it to be brought back made a big show of talking about how they purposely weren't going to see it. They how, were just making how a out of touch of do you need to be as a studio if in like twenty twenty one. You get snakes on a plane played yes. by, by the internet. Yes. Jesus yes. Christ. <laughs> let, let me let me tell you a little something, Michael. Nobody showed up to the christening of Bodie McBoatface, all right? That's mm-hmm. just the internet, dude. It just yeah, does those yeah. things. Yeah. We're mocking your failure. You know that, right? We're going to get tons of mileage out of this, and you won't benefit from it in any way. <laughs> they don't know that is the problem. That's what's yeah. weird. It's like when, when Mountain Dew had that flavor naming contest, and like the, the most notorious uh, ones that were sent in were like, Gushing Granny and Hitler did nothing wrong. <laughs> Hitler did nothing wrong. Very Ooh. blessed. Yeah. <laughs> what I was trying to recount the actually this week, oddly enough, what was the game you guys played on Laser Time, Chris? It was like Mountain Dew flavor or deodorant or something. It was, it was something <laughs> like that, right? It was like, yeah, that like 
Old Spice deodorants now and Mountain Dews are pretty interchangeable. <laughs> they have, it's like Arctic <laughs> Ice. Yeah. Wait, yeah, tell me which one that is. Come we on. can't make fun because we got Baja Blast out of it, which is fucking delicious. Delicious. Like ma- Major Melon. Major Malone. Yeah, that that could, be, could be a drink, but also, like, you know, if you want to have, like, melon-scented deodorant, I'd, I'd, I'd wear that. Sure. Yeah, ladies, ladies love a guy who smells like rotted fruit. <laughs> melon. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like, ladies love a guy who smells like a fourteen-year-old girl. <laughs> I'm gonna go around with candy-scented perfume. I, like I didn't him. want he to say like my that that scent would be for the ladies, Michael. But yes, it would. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a fun show. We are going to kick it off with a topic inspired by me sitting in the next room while you guys are recording 302010 and uh, overhearing something about a game that turned. Ten and how it was, it was odd because Diana had Diana was fact checking me on my information about Castlevania. Like, mm-hmm. who are you, Matt and Michael? It's true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It not only is it true. It's like it's like wow. It's been ten years. And then I was looking at 2014 in video games on Wikipedia and realizing there are a bunch of fairly big series that had their last game in 2014. Last gasp. So th- these are you know. Th- all fairly big series that had yeah their last game was ten years ago as of as of this year, and uh, I think yeah. we we realized why that was right. We sort of reverse engineered it and said that was the year after the transition from PS3 to PS4 era, mm-hmm. and so it was like either things getting the you know like a, an old PS3 game that year. Or they had, like, one last shot. Like, okay, we're going to try this yeah. franchise one more time on one generation, and if it doesn't stick, it's dormant for now. You know, it's on hiatus, and, and yeah. that's probably the case with a lot of these. It was like, yeah, we tried, didn't get the sales we needed to to justify. Because, you know, every time you jump in generations, your production costs jump, right? Like, yeah. a lot. It's it's uh, more and more expensive to make games, as we know, but especially when you're going to new generations, like... That's when the shit gets the most expensive to make that transition. It's you gotta and have I, higher I, fidelity mm-hmm. assets, etc. I think there's two phenomena at play here. One is what Matt just mentioned, because PS360 was that generation where every single franchise got a last hurrah, and a couple eked in at 2014. But I, I, I the way I sort of wanted to highlight it was games that had been released across the the previous three decades that just stopped. This decade, there's a lot of there's a lot of that in 2014, but mm-hmm. also uh, it highlights our own ages where we forget to ask for our favorite franchises because 10 years doesn't feel like nothing anymore yeah. in the games industry. That, that when we hear about it, we're like, wait, what? Holy shit, that's a surprise! That was the last time this franchise I followed for six games was released. Jesus, I mean, at least two of these. Like, you can't chalk it all up to console transitions because at least two of the games that we're going to talk about did successfully make a jump to the next generation of consoles. They just didn't do anything after that. Yeah, um, because you got to be choosy. Mm-hmm. And like yes. a, you can you can either get a throwback downloadable game, but you can't be a sixty dollar flagship title if you didn't rock the boat. Twenty fourteen, not gonna happen. Well, anyway, let's let's just jump into it with this. Jump on it, jump, jump, jump. Sorry, number five. The crowd was surprised to see the terrorists roll up and free their loved ones. <laughs> Hypocrites. Yesterday they wanted my head on platters. Now they act like I'm one of the family. But truth be told, it was nice, even for that short time. 
to be treated like a hero. Uh, so with the sounds that I'm going to play, I tried to pick where it started, what it did in the meantime, and where it ended. So we're going to be talking yeah. about the first games and the last games and then a little bit about what's in between. Okay. So. So, so this one, I am also happy to say this may have signaled the death of sort of an annoying gaming trend intercapping within the same mm. word mm-hmm. in a game title for <laughs> oh no boy. apparent reason. Oh this boy. is infamous with a capital F. No, no, lowercase famous. Lowercase I. Because remember, Michael and I were like at a website that was starting. It was hyper irritating having to create like a game record that followed back to the same place. You know, like every game on IGN is a homepage. Mm-hmm. And people were super specific about their spellings, and infamous was ca- lowercase i in the beginning. Was it? I guess capital you're right, F. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was ridiculous. Infamous. It was, it was prototype. Remember, it was like lowercase in brackets. Don't forget the brackets. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I feel, I feel like it deserves a different intonation. Infamous. 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 Capital Lady. F for fuck that. No one's gonna remember that shit. <laughs> Just saying. In, yeah, infamous. I have a complicated relationship with this franchise. It started on PS3, an open-world superhero game that I thought was a 7 out of 10. And I remember taking some heat from that, including uh, from Sony back in the day. Yes. Then Infamous 2 moved from, like, a New York-inspired city to a New Orleans-inspired fake city and expanded your repertoire of powers and was just kind of a more fun, likable game. And then they completely tossed out all the, like, the, the main character of the last two games. We're not going to do anything with him anymore. We're going to have uh, Infamous Second Son, which debuted in 2014 on PS4. And it's going to be about Delson Rowe, this young uh, Native American delinquent who gets conduit powers. That's what the superheroes are called in this universe. They're conduits. Whoa. Uh, his power is he can absorb the powers of other conduits. And he starts recruiting people and you get to decide like, am I going to steer them in a good way or a bad way? And mm. uh, I mean, this is mean, a what, what a name, what change of pace from, was it Cole? Yeah, Cole McGrath. A bike Cole messenger. Cole McGrath. Who's what, supposed like to be, he, like, in his early 20s, but looks and sounds like he's in his 40s. <laughs> and don't pretend like he, did, he wasn't your main in PlayStation All-Stars. <laughs> <laughs> he was my main in uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Uh, no, he wasn't. But he was in that game. Wow. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> my job to write about. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I I remember it's it's pretty vague and I don't want to sound judgy or mean. Uh, it, like forecasting your future, you was this up against Assassin's Creed? Um, like, yeah, I think I think around so. the same time. Yeah, it was, yeah I mean, because they were months apart, but like yeah, they, they were, were being concurrent. talked about in the same breath, and and I remember the the people at One Up thought we were crazy. And uh, it was it was to- prototype. It was prototype. Oh, never mind. They, okay. they thought we were yeah, crazy yeah. about because I like prototype better. And well, because like- prototype. So my complaint, I I probably would have gotten your back with that initial review, Michael, because mm-hmm. I enjoyed the first Infamous, but it was more like, wow, this series has a lot of potential. Yeah. But yeah. that first game, the traversal was rough. Yes. I don't know if folks remember, yes. like you often got caught kind of climbing the sides of buildings. Yep. Eventually they powered you up where it's like, okay, I'm grinding on subway rail or uh, elevated train yeah. rails around the city. But it took a long time to it get there. It looks stupid. 
in prototype. Versus in prototype, the way prototype is like didn't. fucking boom. You got all the powers. Yeah. Just, you want to run up the side of a skyscraper? Go for it. We're yeah. building yeah. off yeah. what we did in Incredible the Hulk, Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, yeah so, but I remember yeah. a couple one-up people like. We were on a press trip, and they were like, yeah, you want like in- infamous less than prototype. I'm like, you know, I didn't review either. Holy shit. I, <laughs> you guys are professionals. Are you really yeah, like, this is up you, your ass? <laughs> you guys should know that like a review published by an outlet does not mean everyone at that outlet has that opinion. I, I just happened to agree because mm. I, I thought Infamous was – the first Infamous was a fucking mess. Mm. And it, it it looked and played really stupid up until I didn't get to the part Matt's talking about where Traversal didn't look fucking silly. Yeah. It looked I, like a guy jumping up against buildings over and over again. Yeah, you could grind on power lines. And I remember like interviewing I think the creative director before Infamous 2 came out and saying, are you going to – have a fast travel feature in Infamous 2 because that was kind of drag in Infamous 1. He's like, I think if you if you have to have fast travel, then your world's not very much fun to get around in. And it's like, well, I mean, that's Agreed. a fair point, but then you have to design your world so that I don't have to get <laughs> across the map after, you know, one mission and then the next one is like two neighborhoods away or whatever. Like, I don't uh, want to yeah. spend all that time, man. I also might argue that... The first few times in any game, sure, it might be fun, but after that, it's monotonous. That's yeah. just the nature of life, man. Like, you don't, my fucking morning commute isn't a joy and fun and full of <laughs> awe and wonder. Well, I sure day. am getting to experience the wonders of the Bay Area today. <laughs> yeah, LA is just a bad freeway city. system. <laughs> like, eventually, driving across the Golden Gate loses its luster. Like, mm-hmm. maybe the third or fourth time, to be yeah. honest with you. It's like, yeah, it's just a big bridge. Yeah, exactly. Like, I I drove across that for years and years every day. And, like, <laughs> I remember there were times where it's just like I'd suddenly have a moment of awareness and be like, wait, did I already pass the bridge? I did. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> yeah. even notice. That's, so you guys had cars. I did. I drove across the Golden Gate Bridge personally, like, three times because otherwise someone else was driving or I was commuting. It and is I weird. remember I, I, when I did it, I was listening to the Final Fantasy thirteen soundtrack. And getting like goose bump bumpy, yeah. I, I remember I made a fucking social media post about it. It's on my Instagram somewhere. Go outside, nerd. Was, Where's that? Go clip? outside, nerd. Go outside, nerd. <laughs> yeah, actually, we got two infamous games in 2014. There, Second Son early in the year. Then later in the year, we got Infamous First Light. Which Wasn't is one an expansion for the other? Not though? really Wasn't... an expansion. So Infamous had a couple of standalone spinoff. Like basically, like this would be DLC, but they decided to release it as a standalone game. Yeah. The mm-hmm. first one was I want to say Festival of Blood. I loved Festival. It, Festival yeah. of Blood did what Saints Row eventually did. Of like, hey, you can just fly around the map now, but it did it with a Halloween theme, and you were a fucking vampire, and it ruled. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. And then uh, First Light was a standalone prequel where you play as Fetch, the uh, the girl with the neon powers. Stop that trying you... to make Fetch happen, Michael. It Jesus. happened. It happened. Sony <laughs> made it happen. <laughs> How many times do you suppose they told that joke Hundreds, on the dev team? At least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just day one. And then after that, it was like, don't do that joke. But it's interesting because like at the time, I remember that got a lot more attention and i i have a feeling that like first light is a bit better remembered than second sun is i think all, all those as i remember performed it's la the the last hurrah of infamous was the best performing and the most well received as games yeah and it I th- it had a very compelling story my parents called me in when they found out i had powers i was 
Dumbstruck. But my brother Brent, he always took care of me. He just grabbed my hand and we ran. Spent a few years living on the streets, staying out of sight, keeping on the move. We did some shitty things to make money. But that job we pulled before leaving Seattle, worse than the rest of it combined. I like that because, like, that is such a stagey-ass monologue. Like, that is, yeah. uh, you know, high school star actress going out on stage and, like, just addressing the audience <laughs> and yes. under a spotlight. Um, yeah. Yeah. And when I do remember people at the time were excited. It was one of the first open-world games in Seattle, or maybe the only yeah. one to date. You know? Well, the only one with, like, an accurately modeled Seattle, more or less. Yeah. Like, you know, I think it was, yeah, fictionalized, but, like, I remember, like, I can go to the Seattle Science Center and climb on the Space Needle. This is awesome. Um, even though it was like, you know, oh, the Space Needle is covered with a bunch of, like, uh, Department of whatever cruft. Because it, it's, it's like, nominally not post-apocalyptic, but post-disaster. Because um, the emergence of superheroes came with, like, this big bomb blast, essentially, in not New York. And it spread like a pandemic, and uh, yeah, things have just been going kind of downhill since then, and kind of got martial law in places like Seattle. But also, in, Second Son had an interesting thing, another thing I uncovered in an interview, which is that Troy Baker and uh, Travis Willingham, Willingham uh, played Delson Rowe and his brother Reggie, and uh, apparently they were friends in real life before the game, so it's just like, yeah, they get along great and they have great chemistry and that comes through in the cutscenes and yeah you, you do get a little bit of sense of that fun I, what a, I have a few connections in seattle right some in the police force no if no 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 this is not the point where reggie swoops in and makes everything all right what, this is not your problem to fix it is mine oh is somebody there can you hear me there perfect you want to go help somebody go save damsel in distress Anyone? it's not Right. Fine. We both go. Come oh, on. no, 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 no. You I go need... play Super Cup, okay? I will catch up with you in a minute. Delson Rowe and his brother Reggie sounds like a wrestler and his valet <laughs> from WWE 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> it really did occur to me I don't know any Reggies in my life. Really? Yeah, Archie and Nintendo, the only Reggies I know. Yeah. I mean, there's only one worth knowing, and I did... Didn't meet him, sort of met him at the Game Awards. He was behind me in line, and then he skipped oh. the line. Oh, and that was cool. the Reggie. It's like, can I get in, in front of this meaningless person here? Okay, thank you. <laughs> well, that, he literally did that. He was, it was, I think I told the story, maybe on the show. It was like, we were in the VIP line, and Reggie's like, um, is, there, is there an outlet if I don't want to wait for the VIP? And they're like, yeah, right this way. And I was like, I'm going to follow him, because I, I am not going on the red carpet. Like, let's just Smarter. bypass all that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Infamous, we have not, despite, I think, being f fairly strong early in the PlayStation 4's lifespan, like, there's never been another one. Sucker Punch went off and did Ghosts of Tsushima instead. And yeah. and glad I'm glad they did. Like, yeah. I, I, Infamous 2, well, okay, the DLCs are really good, but Infamous 2 might be, like, where that series peaked for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was like, okay, then we got too many of them sort of back-to-back -back with, with Second Son and, and the light. First light. The neon one, first mm -hmm. light, you know. But it's just like, yeah, and then, then they pivoted and we're like, we're not doing these anymore. And frankly, I was like, that's fine. Like, I'm not that invested with the characters, especially when you switch protagonists midway through. I never got into the whole tie-in comic thing. Like, wasn't there like a comic <laughs> that was 
I didn't even get into the game, the game. That, <laughs> let Maybe, alone its I, reading material. I remember the first couple games had like comics, or at least the first game had comic style cutscenes. That yes. was like a a bullet point, I guess. It, but. You know what it reminds me a lot of is is it's like in in other news of unearned superhero universes, it's a lot like the Unbreakable universe, right? Mm. It's like okay, oh. yeah, you had one or two good things, and then the rest were fine. Yeah. Like, it was it was kind of like. Sony's answer to Crackdown in in mm. some ways. It was like, well, you have a, a big open world with a gradually powering up superhero. It, it also, like the whole lifespan of Infamous was five years mm. in terms of what the public got to play. And each one seemed to be like, we got to refine these assets and really justify this expense. <laughs> and and yeah. only because like it, it just never seemed to break through the way most for Sony first-party games should have, despite being pretty okay. Apparently, mm. that that's not enough at, for, in first-party, and it's why, probably why you don't see it anymore. Well, I think the, the last two were both meant to be tech showcases for PS4. Yeah, yeah probably. I think by the time both came out, not that many people could get their hands on PS4s. You know, it was right. in that kind of yeah. right-after-launch phase. So, Well, speaking of tech showcases... Number oh. four... <laughs> I know you guys know what this is. I of course it's I do. It's a JPEG that's, game, man. That's the <laughs> intro that <laughs> confirms that Cranky Kong is the original Donkey Kong mm -hmm. if you go back and look at it, which I still don't believe is canon, but maybe. No, that is that is canon. I uh, know, I just don't want to believe it. Yeah, but yeah, Donkey Kong, the current Donkey it's Kong is apparently indeed. Cranky's uh grandson. Which mm -hmm. means that Junior is still out there somewhere. Probably went to go buy banana-flavored cigarettes and never came back. He, he got that, lost uh, in that cartoon series. Mm -hmm. and nobody nobody cared about the thing shame. I sent this this weekend. A $15 animation cell right. from Donkey Kong Jr. The lady had labeled as... It's J-Ape. Yeah. Own an original J-Ape. $15. $15. And like, lady, <laughs> if you knew what this was, you could sell it for so right. much more. Did you, did you try and snap it up? Nah, uh, it's 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 very small, and you what's wouldn't be able the, to see it. Uh, what's the J? Oh, J for Junior. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To constantly infantilize him throughout his mm -hmm. life, he's got to wear. <laughs> Imagine if Frank Sinatra Junior had to wear a J sweater his whole life. I think he should. <laughs> yeah. Now I want I want to be clear. We are not talking about oh, this was the last Donkey Kong game in 2014. Obviously, it wasn't Donkey Kong Country. We had one this week <laughs> specifically. Yes, Donkey Kong Country specifically. The side-scrolling series uh, that had a brief dalliance with 3D that has arguably more infamous than anything else it's done. He's the leader of the bunch. You know him well. He's finally back to kick some tail. His token of gun can fire and spurt. If he shoots ya, it's gonna turn. So okay, you song know has almost the same that? meter as Two Live Crews, The Fuck Shop. I just want to point. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, people always be like, "Oh, that's like white guy rap." I would stipulate the first band I heard that rapped like that was the Fat Boys. Mm -hmm. That's total Fat Boy rap delivery. It's so like, that was. I, it's only barely interesting when rap was becoming huge. We were little kids, and the only rappers they would kind of put in front of kids were the Fat Boys with an occasional yeah. kid in play. So for the beginning of rap, that was my 
understanding of rap and, and you look at Joe Piscopo that was his t- his too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is weird 80s. that Kid and Play became this like an, an act that they were like oh this is kid safe it's like if you see the original House Party that is a hard R movie yeah. lots mm. of use of the F word in that one that's why class act is uh, you gotta go to class act <laughs> God, dude, mm. why did you make me remember Class Act? Like I, I thought I that watched was... it all the time. I love Class <laughs> Act. <laughs> so Donkey Kong Country Donkey one to three, Kong we're all Country, on yes. Super Nintendo. Uh, sixty four, obviously on Nintendo sixty four. Kind of dormant, aside from the like Donkey Konga and a couple of Game Boy spinoffs. A billion the failed GameCube projects era. that they put shoehorn yeah. Donkey Kong into. Yeah. Then finally, Donkey Kong returns on Wii. By Retro Studios, the people who revitalized Metroid with Metroid Prime. And uh, then Tropical Freeze hit Wii U in 2014. It has mm, since my, been re-released my favorite strain onto of Donkey Switch. Kong weed. We're not counting re-releases, by the way. Ports, remasters, nah. If, mm, if yeah, the yeah, last yeah, yeah, original yeah, game was in 2014... Yeah, yeah I, and, I happen to know other entries on this list have a lot of collections. Collections mm-hmm. don't count. No, no, no. They did, but the Switch one has playable Funky Kong, which is the only thing I can imagine that led to Keenan Thompson playing the only Donkey Kong character who's ever appeared on Saturday Night Live's Weekend Update in history, Funky Kong. How did they assume people, the whole public, would know who Funky <laughs> Kong is without the Switch version of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Which, is, which is, is a great game, but... Yeah, like I don't know. This is this is a weird one for me because like Donkey Kong Resurrection or Donkey Kong Returns was like this is something that's never supposed to happen, but retros between things and Nintendo. Yeah, there's a lot of love for Donkey Kong Country. There shouldn't be Donkey Kong 64 is way better than every Donkey Kong Country game. Uh it, <laughs> if you say so. You know, it there's is. probably a top 5 there of like Donkey Kong, actually, if you think about the franchise, mm-hmm. it was one of the first to be like, hey, actually, our sequel is going to have completely different gameplay. Yeah. Like, one of, the, one of the sequels was literally a dude shooting bugs off, of, yeah. off, off wires. Yeah, Stanley right? like the Bug Man. Yeah. It's, yeah. its gameplay is consistently dated every time they mm-hmm. release something <laughs> with Donkey Kong. But then Kong they, 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 with 94, they do something completely different. They've had the Mario, you know, the, the Lemming-style stuff with Mario versus Donkey Kong, and it's like, so... What it is, it's actually an anomaly in the franchise history to have let's call them country style side scrolling platformers. Like, mm-hmm. that is that's probably if you think of the most well, okay, versus the the minis games probably have the most iterations because of the mm-hmm. digital stuff, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. but like the country games might have the second most of like consistent, like, yes, that is a style of recognizable Donkey Kong gameplay, you know, they do. And Returns was, I never, I bought Returns, and like, this is serviceable but like there's a lot of it and it's not very interesting and then i got it on 3ds when mm. and like this is a perfect portable game and it should have launched here uh it's really really good and then i got to tropical freeze and just like this is harder and the music's different but like uh it, it's it's like if uh, uh oh i forget the example i was using but when someone makes like a Expendables movie. Oh, it's all my old favorites. What a nostalgic <laughs> blast. And then, like, you're going to make four more of these? I didn't ask for that. I don't want that. This shouldn't be a franchise. This was a, this was a, a, a throwback, an interesting throwback that made me feel good. And yeah. you can almost never do that more than once. Tropical Freeze being a kind of exception, because it is really good. It's yeah. just like... And it, it mm. sounds good, although it's not as iconic as that clip I played earlier. <laughs> <laughs> 
A lot more voice samples than uh, than Kong. Well, let me ask you guys this: like, what would you say is the defining characteristic of the Country series, other than being two D? Like, barrels. What what, is it? The barrels? Like, (laughs) yeah. It's like, what did it bring, honestly, to two D platforming? Other than at the time, it was the visual thing. But yeah. But once you got side scrolling and and minecarts. Yeah, side scrolling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Minecarts. Yeah, the barrels again. um, Barrels for sure. The the sort of tag team system with uh with Donkey and Diddy Kong was something unusual at the time and like that that also gives you an extra hit point and now you can control the other character that was new and cool like what? hold on i think Sonic 2 did that before yeah Donkey oh but Kong you know Country. tails was invincible like tails mm-hmm. did not take hits he you know he was playable by a second player sure but uh you know, it was, it was there was, was some different. strategy you could use for Diddy, like mm. r- literally sacrificing him like a like a mm-hmm. Yoshi platform. Sure, <laughs> yeah, but I guess the point I was trying to make is like maybe the reason we don't see many more of these is like other than hey, we're just going to build a lot more. If it's not doing anything really unique to differentiate itself in the platforming space, it's like well, what? Why should we continue to exactly. make these? Mm. Like, why why would we focus assets uh, development on 2D Mario games and 2D Donkey Kong games if there's and something that's 2D innovative? Kirby and 2D yeah. uh, uh, Yoshi games, right? They they have yeah. those now as like the if there's something and, innovative and now a 2D princess game. Hmm. If there's something innovative with we could do with Donkey Kong, why wouldn't we do it with something that's guaranteed to sell more? I, I was talking to someone about this, this: a Nintendo first party game is guaranteed to make money in the long run because those things sell for like 10 years at full price at full price yeah but oh oh, but here's the thing though now that we the success of the movie is obviously have kind of plans for the roller coaster he's gonna have a roller coaster i i wonder if we will see a a re-emergence of this series because it's like hate to say it but Seth Rogen might have saved the Donkey Kong character, <laughs> uh, which also reminds me, Michael. I recently saw uh, like a charity auction thing set up. I could, if you want, for I think it, the minimum bid was two hundred fifty dollars. I could get a signed Seth Rogen picture from that movie where oh, you called yeah. out how they play the video games, and he responds to you. So you know, just let me know off mic if, if that interests. <laughs> <laughs> a forty-year-old. Oh, that time I blew Michael up on Twitter. <laughs> oh, was that forty-year-old version? No, I, I no yeah. knocked up is when I not even from the forty-year-old version. I can get oh, you no, a no, signed no. knocked up poster, baby. Oh, no. Come on. Yeah, well, wait, I'm tearing it? your head no, off. Now I'm, I'm confused. It was, no, it was forty-year-old version. It was. 40 it was forty-year-old version, yeah. but it's the same universe, same basically, uh, yeah, but not the yeah. same character. Holy shit! Okay, Sa- same group of fuck ups. Mm-hmm. You know, basically. It's, but yeah, like. Made fun of it because, like, yeah, he's playing it in a weird overhand way. And uh, I didn't even tag him. I didn't say his name. I just said, 40-year-old virgin's on TV, and who the fuck plays a video game like this? And just had, like, a close-up of the overhand controller grip he was using. And he responded and said, I do. And then, like, a bunch of his fans came in and called me an idiot for not knowing that that's the superior way to play games. You got to experience the Elon effect years before I, that was a I thing guess. on that platform. I yeah. guess, yeah. I, I don't but think he, I actually don't think he was being super shitty about. No, that. he he just, wasn't. He, he was like fine. that. That made my day. It was like, wh- mm. why are all the fans roasting me? <laughs> like, what did I do here to? Deserve and also, this? Paul Rudd is playing a really stupid controller. Yeah, yeah. It's, yes. it's no. like a, I realized afterward it looks really dumb in the picture, but like it is 
a flight stick that is like part of the chair arm he's sitting in. Oh yes. yeah, it's it's, it's the, the most ridiculous. Yeah. Like, is Rogan playing a Nintendo sixty four controller? Yes, like, I, think I can so. see you overhanding that. Yeah, for, but, uh, but also yeah. the only people playing when they're like, oh, it's a superior way to play. Like what for? Like super high level Tetris strats and fucking fighting games. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, give me yeah. a break, guys. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but anyway. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong might have had more money thrown at it by Universal than Nintendo's put into Donkey Kong for a while. I have to imagine that role... Which is so weird considering the history of those companies with the lawsuits. It's very strange. Yeah, exactly. Like, the the former, like, litigious rivals. That that roller coaster, that might be a hundred million... Like, way more than AAA game development might go go into that roller coaster. You're going to jump the track. In that on that roller coaster, I'm. I really wish I hadn't looked up how that's going to work because it sounds fucking awesome until you see it and it's like, yeah. oh, you're not really. There's a fucking arm attached to it the entire it's thing. A but it's gonna. But like you know, I've been on Everest and like, oh shit, the track is out. It still it still works, and you don't jump it. But but beyond mm-hmm. that, like, there's going to be so much marketing and so many more new fans. Yeah, they might have to revisit. You know what they the should franchise. do for that Donkey Kong coaster is have a giant Donkey Kong animatronic that is somehow tied into the foundation of the coaster that breaks down, but they can't replace it because it would require them to tear down the entire coaster. Chris, oh, that dude. is an Everest reference just for you. Oh, <laughs> oh, dude. I just know. I figured out exactly what they're going to do. Oh, the roller coaster is going to come out in Epic Universe next year. And if Switch 2 is not out, Donkey Kong Country 1, 2, and 3 remastered, remade, Mm. that is what they're going to do in the retro style. Because I don't know how busy they are with Metroid Prime. I thought the rumor was Nintendo swooped in and took Prime 4 over because they haven't done anything since Tropical Freeze. Yeah, How long have we been seeing that logo now? I saw a presentation at E3, and I haven't been in that industry in a long time, and Nintendo hasn't been doing those press conferences for even longer. It's it's a, oh God, maybe nine years? Was that 2016 announcement? Maybe 2015? I don't know. I don't know. I thought I was there for it, but if it was 2016, I wasn't. Uh, E3 2017 uh, announced. Definitely wasn't there. Yeah. Wow. But um, yeah, if, we're, if we're this far off the rails, we should probably move on to... Number three. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh, shnikes. Ah, uh, again, oh, where it started. People talk about the Konami sound effects library from NES era, but Tecmo also had a strong sound effects library mm-hmm. that makes me think of games like Ninja Gaiden. Yes, Ninja Gaiden. Uh, so this is... Which uh, skipped multiple generations, but did. has managed every decade or so to make a huge splash in the gaming space on multiple different uh, mm. platforms. Yeah, the original series was... Both an arcade game and an NES game that were very different. The arcade game was like a brawler. NES game was a side-scrolling hack-and-slash. It got three games on NES, a Game Boy prequel, I think, and then disappeared for years and years. And then it came back on Xbox suddenly, Mm -hmm. out of nowhere, of all things. Ah, the Dragon Sword. So your father is still in the sacred wilderness. Yes, He has entrusted me with the sword while he continues his training. 
He never seems satisfied with the power he wields. Someday you will come to understand the pursuit of power. Is that the same voice actor who's like the Sujimon professor in uh, Like a Dragon? I don't know. I don't know. Matt would probably know. No, it doesn't matter. Uh, But anyway, yes, uh, Ninja Gun. And kind of followed in the footsteps of Devil May Cry to fucking redefine fast-paced character action in 3D. Uh, Ninja Gaiden Black is like an all-time greatest hack-and-slash game. Yeah, Ninja Gaiden 2, Ninja Gaiden 3. Uh, Ninja Gaiden 3, a little bit more lackluster. I think uh, Racer's Edge was an improved version. Came out a little bit later. Yo, Chico, that's my move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did it it multiple times in that generation. I think it's also interesting Ninja Gaiden would skip a generation and release a trilogy. On that, yeah. like, it is, I, I, that SNES Ninja Gaiden trilogy is one of the most. I wish I knew that existed. I would have yeah. bought the shit out of it's, that. It's supposed to be not good. I, I know. I and s- same much. with the Master Collection, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, that, well, yeah, the Master Collection was... is like Sigma, Sigma 2, and Razor's Edge. And Sigma and Sigma 2 were like the, the PS3 remasters of Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2. And they, if I remember right, there was it was a bit controversial because they took out most of the blood, but mm-hmm. they like enhanced the boob physics as yes! the trade off. Mm. Uh, yes. See, I, my theory with why the Ninja Gaiden series came back and then quickly went away was the revival was tied to kind of one of my the first superstar producers I can remember. You always yeah. saw this dude in his leather jacket. Mm-hmm. It was Tomonobu Itagaki, yep. right? It was Itagaki was the face of that franchise, and he had been he he did stuff on Dead or Alive too, and that's why there's a lot of crossover between Dead or Alive series and, and Ninja Gaiden. But it's like once he was done, as tends to happen with like dudes with really strong creative visions, like mm-hmm. they eventually just get bored. And he was like, I want to move on, do something else. And and I think Yaiba, I doubt he worked on Yaiba. No, like no, at he, all. he went off and did Devil's Third. And that, that yes. was like in uh, yes. development hell for a bunch of years and came out. And it's just like, this is not really good. I played yeah. all the way through that, by the way, for an Ultra 64 episode. Wow. But, uh, or Wii Universe, rather. Some people need a, a very strong boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z Yuck. was released in 2014. It was overseen by Keiji Inafune, who was still riding the high from like he had tried to make Mega Man Legends 3 and it was canceled and and then he left Capcom and everyone was like he's the savior of Mega Man let's give him a bunch of money to make that one game that I already have forgotten the title Mighty of. Number 9 Mighty Number 9 yes thank you and uh he also did Nin- Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z and I remember this uh because I remember most things through personal slights uh, <laughs> I saw it at E3, <laughs> I think the year before, and I had the chance to interview him and meet him. And, like, I, I remember, I'll, I'll never forget, like, making a big, like, okay, what's what's the Japanese customer? Okay, I, I need to get a, grab my business card in both hands, bow uh, slightly yeah. while offering it to him. And his, like, he and his assistant just kind of looked at me for a second, and finally his, his assistant just took it with one hand and put it in her pocket. And, uh, <laughs> I like, want you to know. That is weird. His response was weird because I do that all the time. Like mm-hmm. when I've had to go to Japan and I bring my business – this is like the only time I bring my business cards. And I do the formal presentation 
and they always do it yeah. back to me, and it's like a real thing. Yeah. So you weren't wrong. And and then and then she's like, oh, he didn't bring any uh, like it was his interpreter too. He didn't bring any business cards. Sorry. I do. I do wonder if every time we do that, <laughs> the Japanese turn to each other and like. Will someone update the how to treat Japanese manual? Yeah. <laughs> but that, but usually you don't have to. Yeah. It never needs updating. No. And and yes, they said something in Japanese to each other and, and giggled a little bit and like they're laughing at me. I Ooh, just no, no, probably not. Probably not. It was probably fine. Um, but you Yaiba been the only person to do that. <laughs> Yaiba, that, this is the most. I think one of the most embarrassing trailers I've ever seen in my whole life. Is that the one with Take a Suck? Oh, right. it, is, it is it is so awful. It is so, like it is like a daily wire if they made games. Like, so Yaiba the, reminds me a little we we had an off mic conspiracy theory about like what's going on with Sony and the Spider-Verse movies? Not not the animated Spider-Verse movies. Those are phenomenal, but like the fact that Sony just keeps putting out things like Madam Web and mm-hmm. Venom and Morbius, and it's almost like yeah, it was like that. Like, well, we got to put something out to keep the rights, mm-hmm. and we're just going to do this to, almost as a slight to the previous. The, the previous Ninja Gaiden's were so good, and then it's just yeah, it becomes along like, why would you do this? Why would I, you I, do this in this? Put but I this think name you highlighted it. it. What the resources they poured into the what's his nuts uh, Itagaki Ninja Gaiden's? We're not going to do that anymore. Uh, we we can't afford to do that. So anybody who has a unique take that can maybe take this in a new direction, because those games are a huge new direction for Ninja Gaiden. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, paving the way for, like, Dark Souls and shit by, like, yeah, hard, difficulty, timing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I played a bit of Yaiba last night to, to prep for this, because I'd never really touched it before. And, like, I'd, I'd forgotten, like, oh, this this is, like, one of those, like, the early 2010s, Produce like a handful of like really crass over the top zombie yeah. games, and mm-hmm. so like this this is in the same class as the Splatterhouse remake, Lollipop Chainsaw. Those it's just got like you know it, it's got like a punk rock aesthetic, a really mouthy main character, uh, cell shaded graphics, and and yeah, like they want you to know how extreme he is. I should have killed you 15 ninjas ago, Hayabusa. <laughs> Let's make up for lost time. <laughs> nice gimps, Hayabusa. Well, here's your ball gag. Nice gimp suit, where's your ball gag? Did oh, I hear, the, yeah, where's your ball gag? Oh yeah, the deadpoolification of, yeah. of Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> yeah, so... And and I like at the time I assumed like oh Yaiba must be like a minor villain from an earlier game. Nope, he was invented entirely for this game. But he has like a pathological hatred of Ryu Hayabusa, Ninja Gaiden's hero. So they they fight because Ryu's trying to take his clan's sword away because it's an evil artifact, whatever. And Yaiba gets sliced in half and killed. But he's brought back to life by a crazy criminal billionaire as a cyborg in the middle of an infested city somewhere in Russia. Just want to point out that is almost note for note the plot of Metal Gear Solid Rising Revengeance. Um, <laughs> There's a plot? <laughs> there, there are some There's too much plot. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not not fun. Uh, it's, it's satisfying in a sort of, you know, repetitive, like I'm, you, you've got, you've got a sword attack, you've got a metal arm punch attack, and you've got like a flail that can both 
like whip around you, uh, grab enemies, and also swing you around like on certain handhold things. There are parts where like the zombies kind of give way to specialized zombies, and it's like, oh, there's a clown with two meat cleavers crawling out of a sewer, and now I have to fight him. But if I do an execution on him, I can rip both of his arms off and use them as chuckle chucks. Uh, <laughs> it's like they're rainbow nunchucks that I can flail with enemies with. And if you're wondering, well, does he eventually get to fight Hayabusa? Spoilers. The answer is yes. Hayabusa was there. And it was going to be his tomb once I hung him from the rafters by his own stupid scarf. I thought you were dead. I was. Now it's your turn. I believe that's Troy Baker, who also voiced Ryu in Ninja Gaiden 3, but not the previous games. Yaiba is just this weird forgotten outlier, and it's strange. It's like, this is where it ended? Really? Yeah. It ended on this. This this type of game should only be made for a... Something that's white hot and you need an interesting yeah. hold on holdover until the next one. Yeah, this yeah. Is, it's an interesting spinoff. It's not a good swan song for the no. whole series. I mean, the good news is I believe there's been at least one Dead or Alive game, maybe yes. two released since yeah. this. So Dead or Alive 6 out came out at, like, I think 2018, 2019. Yeah. Somewhere in so there. It's yeah. not, at least it's not the last appearance of, like, the ninja guiding mm-hmm. that we all like. Yeah. yeah. Just not that style of game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, not much else to say about that, so let's move on to. Number two. Look, Mr. Bubbles, it's an angel. I can see light coming from his belly. Wait a minute. He's still breathing. It's all right. I know he'll be an angel soon. This is, of course, Epic Mickey. Uh, no, what, what, <laughs> that's what I was looking at. <laughs> PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. I mean, yeah, they, weren't they in that game? Yeah, no, the big, big Daddy and Little Sister were in that From game. Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Bioshock. Which is coming yeah. back sort of in that... It's getting a spiritual successor. Yeah, Ken, Ken Levine's making mm-hmm. another Bioshock, just not calling it that. But yeah. Sure it looks just, a lot it, like it, that. I, I wish it's one of those things I wish I could see. I don't think 2K has decided to never approach Bioshock again. They just had to figure out a way that was economical to do so. Because I think the sort of acknowledgement out of Bioshock Infinite, this took way too much time and money to develop for kind of not a lot of return. And mm. I'm sure they've tried to do something with the franchise, but what's important to this franchise? And yeah, kind of big ass grandeur is is part of that and it sure. seems like an expensive franchise to keep up but yeah it's it just seems weird because you still read about bioshock adaptations being in the works because the brand still means a, a lot to gamers but yeah i don't see it ever moving forward yeah so yeah bioshock one made a huge splash no pun intended obviously but in, i think it changed and, uh... it changed gaming's relationship with first person there were other games mm-hmm. who had yeah. made not shooters with first-person games, but, like, that 360 generation really embraced first-person gaming, and that, that when indie games started to embrace first-person, because once the the tools became available to do that. Yeah. And, yeah, because it, it, this told a non-shooter, this was a non-shooter shooter. I mean, it was still pretty shooty, but, uh, yeah. It, was, it really isn't, though. It, 
it's a lot of exploration. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and yeah, like uh, if you're shooting in that game a lot, you're probably playing it wrong. Traps, well, I think, baby. you know, it was picking up, wasn't Bioshock also a spiritual successor to System Shock? Yes. Right? Is yeah. Another kind of franchise that will... Yeah. We've seen remakes, but I don't think we're going to see a new one but anytime soon. Bioshock was, I think, a much bigger deal than System oh, Shock yeah. ever was. Yeah. Like, even well, they, they took everything good they learned from System Shock and they put mm-hmm. it in... Like, Bioshock was like, oh, that's probably what they originally intended. You know, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, they definitely, like, streamlined a bunch of the immersive sim stuff, the various items that you can carry and et et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, Bioshock gave way to Bioshock 2, the, the sequel that, um, is it irrational is kind of disowned that like, we didn't do that. It's not real, Mm -hmm. even though it's more critically acclaimed than what we did afterward. Bioshock infinite. Yeah. And Bioshock Infinite, I believe, was 2013, but it wrapped up in 2014 with Burial at Sea, which is a Mm -hmm. two-episode DLC series. In the first one, you play as Booker DeWitt, who's a private investigator in Rapture, where he is not supposed to be. And then episode two, you, of course, play as Elizabeth. Bioshock Infinite, obviously, big, big, grandiose reimagining sort of of what Bioshock could be, but it's like set decades earlier in an alternate reality. And like right away, almost you get the sense that something is very, very weird here. So what good would living do me? God only knows what I'd be without you. Yeah, why is an old-timey barbershop quartet singing the Beach Boys song? Se- second, second week in a row with the Beach Boys reference on this show. It has to. <laughs> but be the so. other one was it connected to. to Manson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> True. So yeah, there's strangeness there, and. Um, Spoilers, the universes might be interconnected. I think that that feel like that was rendered a non-spoiler by the events of uh just just the existence of Burial at Sea and uh how you wind up that series. How you plan on handling Atlas? He ain't just some spliced up maniac. He'll make a mistake. I just have to be ready to take advantage of it when it happens. All for a girl you barely know. How well did you know me when you came to Columbia? playing as a cool femme fatale version of Elizabeth, the Disney princess from infinite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, I guess it's spoiler, but it shouldn't be surprising if you played through infinite, like it's, that was a multiverse game, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, anything's possible. Cause there's a bunch of alternate dimensions. So of course they could go to the events of, of Bioshock one, because it's like, yeah, that might, may as well just be a different dimension. That could be an alternate version of Columbia. Who cares? You know, like, and that's, that's kind of what annoyed me about, infinite is when you do that it's almost like well none of this story matters anymore because if you can do anything and if there's this multiverse thing of anything's possible then why the fuck should i be invested in any of it Mm -hmm. you know like it's kind of where i netted out sadly enough because this is a series i really loved one and two i liked three 
But then they just lost me with some of the story yeah. stuff they tried with three. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to keep up with all this. Yeah, anymore. that's that's a problem with. I think we're we're realizing now with a lot of like multiverse storytelling. Like since they Ooh, introduced yeah. the concept of multiverse into like the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, kind of like, well, this is a really cool idea from a storyteller's perspective. From an audience perspective, it's just like. Well, why should I care about any of it? If this character yeah. dies, there's another one that's like only slightly different. We're getting into the Rick and Morty problem, and there's like no it's, stakes. It's almost whatsoever. like mm-hmm. it's almost like they never read comics throughout the last thirty years, as they constantly try and undo their multiversification mm-hmm. of things because yeah. it makes everything stakeless. Exactly, Absolutely. and then who cares? Mm-hmm. I feel like comic book movies have fell into all the pitfalls that comics yeah. did. It's, it's yes. almost like they Which weren't is... listening to the guys in the comic I mean, it's, publishing it's, division. Like, it's good, because but comics survived that and found a way to be better not using that crutch and then always go back to that crutch again when it's a, be the most exciting. It's like wrestling. Love it. Love it. When when it's good, it's really good. But Bioshock Infinite is not good. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. It's it's all right. It's it's no. it's a. It, I remember the the shooting. Like this this feels like it's trying to be Halo or Call of Duty, where you just have two guns that you don't upgrade and you just swap them out when you find new ones. Whatever. It's not as fun as the previous two Bioshocks, where like the guns were weird yeah. things that you'd keep bolting shit onto and turn it, into yeah. like incredibly elaborate contraptions. Uh, Burial at Sea brought that back. For what it's worth, if you never played it, like it is, mm. it is a bit more like the original Bioshocks in a lot of ways than yeah. Infinite was. Unfortunately, I, I won't get into spoilers. Burial at Sea also undoes a lot, not not undoes, but sort of blunts the edges on a lot of plot points from uh, from Infinite. So it's just like, oh, you you can't walk that back. Come on, that's uh, that's what annoys me. Is in the multiverse stuff does this a little too. Is just kind of like. No, as a storyteller, fucking make a choice, make a decision, yeah. um, and don't walk it back. And and by blunting it a little bit, you're just like, okay, well, I don't need to listen to anything else you have to say at this point. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, good stories are where people actually make choices, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you were right to trust this character. They were good all... Oh, come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah totally. but anyway, let's let's wrap this up with... As shocking as it is that there has not been a new Bioshock game in 10 years after that was white hot, it is weird that there has not been a new Castlevania. Like, outside of, like, I think one or two mobile games, uh, those don't count. How do you not at least put out just, like, a Metroidvania Castlevania game at this point, right? They were doing that so well for so long in the GBA and DS era. Like, yeah, why it doesn't need to be a old... full $60, $70 price game. It can be a $20, $30 digital thing. But like, how, right, do, yeah. how do you There's not the... have it other than collections? Because we've had a bunch of Castlevania collections. Like, how has there not been that, any that, new Castlevania? That years? series existed for more than a generation by like, well, this is just an old school game. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? There's plenty of players and avenues to release old school games now, more so than there was when you were just doing it on Nintendo handhelds. The fuck are you doing? And there's a super popular Netflix series. What's going yeah, yeah, on? That's yeah, that's the wild part is we all thought like, well, surely with the popularity of this Netflix series. And it's like, 
it's had multiple seasons of good Netflix mm-hmm. you know, series, and it's like, yep, nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. Get way forward to do either an original game or a exactly. pixel remake of like Symphony or Rondo or even Castlevania Three, for God's sake! Like, do something with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just it was going so strong for so there were so many Castlevania games. So this ended with an attempt at a reboot slash reimagining. Mercury Steam, the same people who are who did Metroid Dread and the Metroid Two remake. Uh, did a little spin-off series called Lords of Shadow. These are dark times. Times without hope. Men of faith claim that this is a test from God to strengthen our spirit. Perhaps this is true. Or perhaps it is simply a pious lie. That's a terrible way to talk about your game. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just now want a mashup of him talking to Matt Berry. Like, give mm, me that yeah. all day long. <laughs> Pat Stewart. Yeah, Patrick Stewart needs to do a sitcom with Matt Berry. That that should happen. Or they could just do like a podcast together. I would I would kill to hear that. Um, bat, bat. Just both together saying <laughs> yeah. bat. Like that's that's all I want at this point. But uh, yeah, so Lords of Shadow gave us that first game, which was relatively well received it's you know a god of war style reimagining that was aping i was trying to remember yeah. like the style of, yeah it was god of war. And, the original god of yeah. war not not sad dad and then then they did a metroidvania style game for 3ds mirror of fate which was an interquel between lords of shadow and lords of shadow 2 and then of course there was lords of shadow 2 an unusual hiding place for the prince of darkness don't you think gabriel don't you dare call me that, Ascent Dracul. So one of the coolest things about Lords of Shadow, uh, spoilers, was the the stinger at the end where you find out that Gabriel Belmont, the hero, has become cursed and he's now Dracula and he's living in the modern day. And that's like this huge reveal and like, oh, what are they going to do next? And what they're going to do next is a game that got lambasted <laughs> almost universally across the press. Except for me, I liked it. But it does have some pretty bad stealth sequences that uh, were, were sort of tacked on and mandatory. Insta-fail. You got caught, you would have to go back to the beginning. It was frustrating. But other than that, it's like oh, it's like an open world where it, like, it overlays a modern environment where you have to fight, you know, everything's being taken over by zombie vampire monsters. And so you kill a bunch of them. And then you also get to warp back to Dracula's castle, which exists in like a pocket dimension. And, uh, it's also an open world. And like, it was an interesting take on it. And it was like one of the most Xbox 360 games that I've played. (laughs) It's just something like you play it. And it's like, yeah, this is, very emblematic of Xbox 360 games somehow. And, <laughs> and um, it just feels 720p. It, it, exactly. Exactly. It does. And, uh, and that's just where the series stopped. Like, you know, that, that plot line resolved itself and Konami was never like, yeah, let's go make another Castlevania game in well, this universe, the original universe, whatever. It's dumb. It's what I was trying to explain to Diana of all people. 30, 2010, this was never made to be a Castlevania game. This is Konami, like, this brand's still strong, but not modern or relevant. They 
they just absorb this like Spanish developer in this mm-hmm. this game style that had nothing to do with Castlevania. Spanish, yeah, it's from Spain. Yeah, Spanish. Spanish. <laughs> like, you know, we have a word for that. I it's wanted to Spanish. make I wanted to make specific. <laughs> I wanted to make it known. It's not Honduras. It's Spain. Uh, <laughs> it, but you have to imagine that was a mega expensive undertaking, and if it's showing diminishing returns. And Castlevania fans aren't pleased. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? And and like I, I remember people. This isn't great. Seven out of ten. Like seven out of ten is where Castlevania thrives. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's been a, it's it's been a derivative game since the beginning. But it's like thrilling if you've been following it th- for thirty years to not give it any other kind of shake. Yeah, this one didn't pan out. But Konami would kind of radically become a much more conservative developer publisher after this and yeah. they they don't make games with any of their franchises as where we speak i mean i think there have been some castlevania pachinko games there's grimoire of souls a free-to-play mobile game that got reworked a couple of years ago for apple arcade i don't really feel like that counts but anyway yeah like i think i heard diana say like 30 games like Lords of Shadow 2 is the 30th yeah. castlevania game and yeah yeah end it there 30 games to, to-, to totally leave it there is you know, and I, I like fucking Konami. Like, yeah, this shit's hard. Like, mm. you know, I worked at Capcom, and we made a ton of games when I worked there, and now they're down to like four franchises. That's what they make because every game, as Matt said, costs more and takes longer. You have to like really get down to the core of what your franchises are, and I, I get it. It's tragic, but. What the fuck? I wish just license this to somebody else. There's probably yeah. like a billion there's a billion up and coming indie devs who would take a price like a pay cut to work in a Castlevania game, like as a mm-hmm. passion project. Yeah. Uh for for maybe some, maybe the Dead Cells thing is them testing the waters and say, like, let's see how you do with DLC. Maybe maybe we'll let you uh, I don't know that it is. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't know that it's yeah. any different from Ninja Turtles appearing in game. Uh Nickelodeon and Ninja Turtles uh, Companies that have never developed games, but license mm-hmm. them to anyone who are willing to make them, mm-hmm. and do the same to cast with Castlevania. I don't know how that breaks the bank. How you make a split like that work for an indie dev? Because Konami's probably going to want thirty to fifty percent. Oh yeah, uh, but it sucks. It's just it's it's not something I like. Feel the need to like fucking Konami. Like it's fucking hard. And so many Japanese company, every Japanese company we talk about has has radically changed how they develop games. And but mostly meaning fewer, fewer, mm. and taking less chances because it's a games are now a huge risk. Where we we grew up in that first twenty years, we're like, yeah, risks aren't expensive. Take all of them. Yeah. If the, if something is successful, make nine versions of that with different, mildly different spins, and that's just not going to happen anymore. But for there to be no Castlevania games is yeah. even Bloodstained to get that kind of Kickstarter support come mm-hmm. out and be pretty great. Yeah, and then never be followed up on. Like shows you something's uh, our perception of this series and the realities of making it. There's something wrong there, and that we don't know about. Well, Blood Bloodstain is kind of an unusual case in that, like the the main game itself is practically a live game with all the updates that they've done, and then it's True. it's got two really good eight uh, bit style spinoffs. Yeah, but, it just came to Game Pass and I or PS Plus, and I had to check. Like, is there? Is this new? Like what? The, this art is new. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that, that was game. the original Bloodstain that the other games yeah. were made to support. I think also another another factor for why we haven't seen more Castlevania is that there's no 
platform where like the old style, like the pixel art style Mm -hmm. is really viable as a major commercial release in a lot of cases. Like, okay. You know, how do you, how do you do a bit? Like I, I imagine the Metroidvania style Castlevania games were like the ones on Game Boy Advance and DS were relatively cheap to produce relative to like other AAA games at the time. To the Lords of Shadow. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's a question of like, well, how do you do that? How many resources do you devote to this? Do you need to do it in a style that's, you know, like the Mario versus Donkey Kong remake we're going to talk about this week? Or Lame. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an economist when it comes to the game industry. No, but, but, but I mean, you can even, even as a layman, you can see how, like, those don't equal out to the... How do you sustain, sustain a major company mm-hmm. off of yeah. a release yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah. Like, it just... It doesn't work out, so it's not like you don't need to shake your fist at Konami. Like you just like times things and times change, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, having a and also a super popular Netflix series mm. is a show that may not reach as many downloads as some of our most successful podcasts get in a week because <laughs> Netflix barrier for success is yeah. There's not as many people watching as you think. Everything is super stratified. Uh, how do you do it? How do you do it? But you know, stuff like YouTube and TikTok lead me to believe like young people love Castlevania. They love the idea that there's yeah. a fucking horror series out there, an old school horror series that's super ongoing. And and, and I I, I want to see something. And it I it's encouraging what they're doing with Silent Hill, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe 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 maybe. But it's just it's just weird much. that like yeah, Lords of Shadow will be the last thing most core gamers remember from the series, which isn't indicative at all of what Castlevania is. No, not really. But anyway, that's been our top five. Yeah, um, I bored myself toward at the end there. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. We're gonna take a little break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk. About a bunch of new releases, some news, some other stuff, so stay tuned. Nothing ever lasts forever. Hello there, VGA listeners. Tis I, your good pal, Matty Al, here once more to tell you about the benefits of NordVPN. On previous shows, we discussed the benefits of NordVPN for things like gaming, where you can protect yourself against DDoS attacks, or from swatting, or from your ISP throttling your speeds. We also covered the benefits of using a VPN while traveling to let you stay safe and secure on the go and access content from around the world. But this week, I'm here to tell you about one of the most obvious yet important features of using a VPN like NordVPN, cybersecurity and privacy. With a VPN like NordVPN, you can shield your online activities from your ISP or from hackers trying to monitor your connection. You can also use Nord's threat protection to scan files you download, block ads, and avoid malicious links. Nord's dark web monitor will even give you alerts if your credentials are discovered in hackers' hands. Nord also lets you route your traffic through two servers for extra security with the double VPN feature. Double the VPN, double the fun? 
and you can link devices with MeshNet for secure file sharing, collaborations, and LAN gaming. That is a lot of security and safety benefits from one source, NordVPN. And it couldn't be easier to use. With just one click, you could connect to over 6,000 servers in 61 different countries and change your virtual location easily. Speaking of easy, it couldn't be easier to take advantage of NordVPN's special offer just for you, VGA listeners. Head to nordvpn.com slash laser time now to take advantage of this special offer. That's nordvpn.com slash laser time, nordvpn.com slash laser time. And don't worry, that link will be in the show description. So listen to your good pal, Matty Al, and do as Gandalf says, keep it secret, keep it safe with NordVPN. And welcome back to our second segment where we're just going to dive straight into... I pulled my uh, uh, executive producer (laughs) credentials and like, let me talk about a new release that I played. Because I finally got to play Helldivers because a Destiny buddy of mine got me the game. Mm -hmm. And like, I want to play this shit and revisit Destiny old times. That game is ex. This game is excellent, by the way. Yeah, and, is it anything like Destiny? Like, uh, no. Well, like in the ways I don't like Destiny, no. But in terms of like, it has a bunch of different mission types. But it's ultimately like kill a bunch of shit and walk here and touch a button. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But it's really more the the perfect Starship Troopers game down to you can kill a giant arachnid and it can be dying fall. And its talon can hit you and hurt you and possibly mm-hmm. kill you. Mm. It's every single mission is exciting. Everything feels like you're in Bug Vietnam. It like it's it's pretty astonishing. And it's also it's it's it came out the eighth, which Michael reminded me over and over again. It's not new. Shut mm-hmm. up, Michael. Uh, its servers are at capacity almost every evening. Yes, yeah, I've to never the point s- where like their CEO was like quoted about something like maybe don't try to play the game yeah, right well, now I, I think they're, figure it out. they're trying to limit it to 450,000 concurrent players because that's the insane for stability reasons because when it when it is stable it is so fucking stable like you yeah. join in a very pretty multiplayer map very quickly joining up with people remember when destiny started i remember clocking it it's like three minutes to like join a game this is not that. It's it, when you get in, it's very, very, very fast. Mm-hmm. What the the biggest highlight I wanted to point out is I have we've all played online games. Check, sure. We've yes. all played online games with crossplay. Check. Mm-hmm. Yes, have Michael you and ever- I did so this weekend. Yeah. Oh, did you? With Skull and Bones. Yes. So, like, I've never done that before. The uh, how do you crossplay with someone on PC? Specifically, and how do you cross chat? Was the problem Michael and I encountered? Yeah, very much. We had to, we had to, like, he's like, You want to join Discord? And, like, I'm not going to download and relearn Discord. We had the same conversation. I was like, Well, Michael, we're either chatting here in Google or maybe Discord. I I tried calling Matt via Google Meet, and uh, Matt's like, No, I will not pick up. That's not what happened at all. That's exactly what happened. I was too busy focusing on my ship getting swarmed mm-hmm. by a thousand Dutch patrols. Mm-hmm. It was it was new to me and how easily it worked, like a eight digit friend code. It was more frustrating. Everything in Helldivers defaults to Sony's touchpad mm-hmm. chat. Holy shit! Nobody do you can't disable that on the back end. 
never ever make me use the touchpad to, to, to select letters and numbers. And I couldn't hit the one and I had to look it up and then like, uh, you need to hit your touchpad with alcohol and <laughs> light alcohol and scrub it. I was like, I'm not doing that. And then after like no. 20 minutes of trying to reach the one with the touchpad, I did and it worked. You have to wash off your fucking PS5 touchpad. I hate it so much, Sony. No one uses that. No one likes it. The Get only rid of it. times that I've had that forced on me are like my. I have like a blue controller, a newer one that has apparently some sort of bug, where mm-hmm. it's like anytime it's in a map screen or whatever, it forces me to use that to move the curse around, and then it always snaps back to the center. Yeah, every time. Yeah, every time. And I think, like, I think I'm that's like, a controller bug because the I old one hit the one, and like this is this shouldn't be this hard. This is so dumb. You have a D pad. Let me use it, and yeah. they won't. When I use they my won't. when I switch to my OG one that came with the PS5, uh, it works just fine normally. It doesn't make me do well, that, I, so it might be your controller. Maybe it's maybe it's my because I also texted you guys this weekend. Like, does anybody know how to get a PlayStation Move controller to work with a PS5? Mm-hmm. I still can't do it. By the way, yeah. still can't. Multiple wires. Can't figure it out. Helldivers is the shit. It is very, very, very good. If you, it's all co-op. Every single thing is co-op. Yeah, I knew it would be a, a very crisp game because it feels it has has a similar feel to like not the more recent Earth Defense Force games, but like the spin-off ones, like the one that you reviewed that yeah. you said was a, a ten out of ten in our hearts. I mean, my my absolute favorite thing. If you want to see how quickly fascism can absorb great words, mm-hmm. every once in a while you get into a loading menu, like, please wait democratically. And then you <laughs> you hit the earth and it's just like, democracy! The same way people yell simplify or Liberty. eat lead. <laughs> you yell democracy mm-hmm. because that term is very close to use, losing all meaning in our time. Mm-hmm. And Managed let alone in Helldivers. <laughs> Democ- <laughs> yes, democracy. Where uh, your side never wins, because that's impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Helldivers is the shit. If you think you don't like online shooters, you might like this. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it is there. there's so many uh, diverse areas and weather environments and Wherever my TV is with burn-in, like, when that fog sets in, like, I just can't see. I just can't see at all. I know it's supposed to lower my visibility, but all I see is my menu from Far Cry 6 three Hmm. years ago. And because it's burned into my television. But uh, I would love to play Helldivers with you. It's fucking excellent. It is really, really good. Well, if we can ever get in, sure. Yeah, and it's, it's, uh, I waited for an hour to get in last night. Good Lord. And didn't. Um, I got in earlier, but what's the pri- what's the magic hour here? Prime time is like seven, eight o'clock. I got in at six, couldn't get in at seven thirty. Uh, and then I loaded up at like noon, totally fine, hmm. and had much less trouble the next day. But it's like you know, it's like twenty days in, and the whole people are loving this fucking game. Yeah, and it's so easy to like Absolutely. match make, and everything makes more sense when you're playing with more people. It's, it's too very successful, honestly. It, yeah, it's. I have not seen a server capacity issue in 15 years. Part ever. of the problem is that the uh, the way that it doesn't queue you, it it just mm-hmm. it kind of sucks because it will just it will ping the server and then it'll wait 30 seconds and it'll ping again. There's no line. If someone else like just pops in and gets lucky, they're getting in before you. Yeah, uh, that's why like I went to a bunch of Reddit's like tips like uh, if you don't get in five minutes, restart the game. Because that's what's happening to that guy. You just mm-hmm. happen to get the lottery. There is no 
Q at all. Right. It doesn't make any sense at all. And so Fucking there's all these guy. I've never seen more infuriating SEO. Like how to how to beat the uh, server capacity issues. You and there's so <laughs> there's so many uh, URLs parked on that result, and like. Helldivers is a game based by Sony. Sony's a company that started in 1919, and then mm-hmm. at the end it's like, how do you beat it? You can't. So like, ugh, I hate the internet so much, Google has become worthless. <laughs> Multiple guides to things that you can't you can't do. You There's no, there's no solution. And it became a massive success in the 70s with the Walkman. The Walkman was a portable <laughs> cassette player. Cassettes yes. are a medium that music used to be recorded on, too. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Now they own Ghostbusters. Exactly. But... <laughs> Uh, but that and I played Return to Grace on the other end of it, which Michael claims is not a new release, but it is a new console year, release. But okay. It came out like a couple of months ago. <laughs> well, for PlayStation, it came out like last month. For PC, it came out last May. So, But is is one of the more excellent... I, walking Simulator is pejorative, mm. but a very narrative game with constant interactivity. You're... You're scouring a civilization that has a futuristic civilization from the year 3200, the 32nd century, that hasn't been seen in 900 years. So it's futuristic and abandoned. Uh, and all you encounter is a bunch of AI that you end up synthesizing and talking to weird things on your wrist. It's uh, like a less yai- Ninja Gaiden Yaiba version of High on Life uh, with, with no murder. Hmm. And I, I I thought it was beautiful, and it's free on Game Pass and PS Plus. Is it on PS Plus or PlayStation? Uh, whatever. But it's on Game Pass, and it's free for Game Pass users. And I thought it was thoroughly compelling. And I played like, oh, and it is achievement horror's delight. There are a thousand points. I played for like two hours. Everything I did, I sometimes like the achievement for thirty points wasn't done unlocking when I got another achievement for thirty points. So, if you want some cheap achievements, return to Grace. Very good narratively otherwise. Wow, that's going to put in two very diverse group of gamers. Anyway, Michael, your genuine new releases. Yes, thank you for the old releases, Chris. The new Shut releases. Up. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, Mario vs. Donkey Kong uh, came out last Friday. Not really a new release. I mean, it's, it's a, a it's a rem- remake of an ancient GBA game at this looks point. Looks like shit. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Um, no, I mean it's it's fun. It's very easy. Like I yeah. kind of forgot. Like this isn't really challenging at all. Like there's there's a little bit of like oh what what's the puzzle solution here? Like okay, you can figure it out pretty pretty Wait. easily. That's um, the puzzle solution. Wait, <laughs> sometimes. Wait, but like it's uh I, I think like each of the worlds takes me like twenty thirty minutes to get through. So I'm like. Uh, World six right now, so it's just like I, th- I think if this is in keeping with Mario games, usually have like the eight worlds, so like I must be close to done with this thing. Um, it does add some things that I don't remember from the original, like once you finish a certain number of levels in a world, uh, it will unlock a bonus round where you can jump around and get some one up mushrooms, and you're chasing this key that floats around like the golden snitch. And uh, if you catch there, it, there you are can... like 30, 20, 30 new levels in this. Version. Oh, cool. Well, then I'm looking forward to getting to them. Um, oh, I didn't like the original. So like I have no, no <laughs> I'm not looking forward to any of this. I mean, it's it's pretty good for what it is. This is basically Donkey Kong five. I guess you could call it. 
Uh, like the original Donkey Kong series. Like it, it's, maybe, it's, maybe, it feels maybe, like maybe. a sequel to Donkey Kong 94. So I was kind of surprised when you said you didn't like it. Well, because it's it's like a, like a super dumbed-down baby-ish. Well, the, the original was like a really ugly, slow, hmm. dumbed-down, less action-focused version of Donkey Kong 94. I mean, it is it is less action-focused. It, it is a single-screen Mario Donkey Kong game, which is rare. And I'm surprised Nintendo made it again. It's but not really single I, screen. But you know what I'm saying. Like, you, you, it is single environment. It is it is yeah. old, old school arcade well, in that it's, sense. It's, you know, every level is, is just like, it's, it's just a series of short, self-contained puzzle platform levels. Uh, Mario has a few cool moves that he doesn't have in other games. Like, you can't, for example, hold down... B or Y or whatever to run fast, which is like that's my default thing whenever I play a Mario side scroller. But He's so uh, you, slow. You can do things like uh, you do a handstand, and when you're doing a handstand, items that fall will bounce off of you. And from a handstand, you can jump and do like a higher jump, and then you do you jump again when you hit the ground. You'll do a super high jump, and yeah, like in Donkey Kong '94 and Mario '64, but slower. I don't know. It's if you're if you're in the mood for a puzzle platformer, it's a neat curiosity. Uh, a little, you know. I don't mean to sound too, too cynical, but my notes has this as scraping the bottom of the barrel for remakes. Jesus, remind me this. They didn't go full Lemmings until March of the Minis. No. Okay, right? so, so this, yes. the, the mini the Lemmings thing you're thinking of. Yes. Uh, you you have to make your way through each of these puzzle levels. There are six puzzle levels per world. Each one has one of the little mini Mario dolls. When you collect them all, they will follow Mario through a Lemming-style level, and you need to create a safe path for them to get through. And then, in the final level of each world, they will be your hit points when you fight Donkey Kong. So you can, like, there's there's six minis to find in each world. You can take six hits from Donkey Kong at the end, if, if you find them all and get them safely into the box. Which, why wouldn't you? But I, I want to say March of the Minis was just that part. It didn't do yeah. all the other stuff. Right. right? It, was, it was it was more of a Lemming-style game where it's just like, yeah, just take the, the Minis and march them and create a path for them, etc. But that's that's what you're thinking of. This is a bit different. But that's that's a part of its gameplay. Is this full price? 60 bucks? It's like 40 or bucks. Okay. Oh. Okay. So is Helldivers. Get that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, 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 I never liked this game... I never loved this game. Mm. It was interesting when it was on a portable platform. I think this is a waste of time to remake. And um, It is a little bit strange that they would do it. Yeah, yep. I guess. Total um, waste of time. Well, you know what isn't? Penny's Big Breakaway uh, is This a, looks cool. It's, have, have either of you played it? Am I the only one? I have not yet. You've the only, you're it's the only one so it. fucking charming. Oh my god. It's uh, just like, I played it and it's like, this is what Balan Wonderworld should have been. <laughs> this is what it wanted to be. It is a fairly simple to control uh, 3D platformer that feels like it has the aesthetic and the feel of like an old N64 or PS1 era platformer, but with modern graphics and gameplay sensibilities. Uh, you play as Penny, who is a yo-yo street performer. She's a Duncan girl. Yeah, yeah. Like the yo-yos. <laughs> Duncan means yo-yos. I remember those ads. Yeah, they uh, used to come to your school and tour the fucking right, yo-yo. Yeah. So weird. So she, but she has a sentient yo-yo, 
And uh, as she's performing for the king, it goes off almost without a hitch, and she gets a big applause, and then the yo-yo gets too excited, and it goes after the king and eats all his clothes. So the king, of course, sends his army of penguin guards after Penny. So the, mm. the levels from then on are uh, you are trying to get through, collect uh, coins and stuff, solve people's problems, and every so often the penguin guards will appear and they will try to cling to you, and so you have to like do dash moves to shake them off. Uh, you can also hit them with your yo-yo, which is controllable by like a couple different buttons or just with the right stick which is also uh, really useful if you want. If you just twirl the right stick in a circle, she'll swing it around in circles. Uh, that's how you mow lawns, Zelda style. That's a thing you can do with it. Um, <laughs> also, you like Bionic Commando? You like those games? Yeah. Well, how would you like it if the arm could attach to any point in the air and you could oh. swing from it? That's what the yo-yo does. If you, if you, I, I thought you were going to say anybody you love, the arm no, can attach no, to. No, I'm not going to make no, a no, wife. No, the arm joke. is anybody you love. Yes, Chris, yes. If you're getting mm. that mixed So up. the the yo yo is already someone she loves. It's it's her pet. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so you can you can jump and you can swing the yo yo. If you hold the button down, it will stay fixed in space, and you can just swing from it. That's really cool. That's a neat but it, little But it's not some mechanic. lame mini game like in Suicide Squad no. where you got to wait for the, the yo-yo to reset? Like, Absolutely oh not. God. No. Okay. The yo-yo Whew. just does what it's supposed to do every time. Um, and, and like, I, I just played through a couple levels, and it's like, yeah, this is immediately fun. It is easy to grasp. It shows immense promise. I'm happy that this exists. This is really cool. Great, glad you liked your Babby Rygar. I did, I did like my Babby Rygar. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just, this looks amazing. Way better than Rygar ever was. <laughs> Babby Rygar is a pretty good Babby Rygar, describe. we still had a forum, great forum name. <laughs> Babby Rygar. Babby Rygar. Uh, also, Slave Zero X is kind of weird. It's an ultra-violent <sighs> pixel art what, side-scroller. What century is this? Who, who named a game this? Well, <laughs> it's, it's a sequel to the 1999 game Slave Zero. Uh, or it's uh, it's not necessarily a sequel, but it's set in the same universe. This and sounds like someone's reset era forum username. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's Slave Zero X. Like yeah. you're great. It's it's Rage Against the Machine meets Soundgarden. You mm -hmm. get audio <laughs> Audio Slave Zero X. I like that. Yeah, Cross it Horrible with the Saturn name. Saturn first person shooter and now it's Power Slave Zero X. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So the, the slave, quote unquote, is like it's a semi-sentient power suit that the main character steals in the first act and goes after the oppressive uh, police state in the nearby city. And uh, it's really violent, really bloody. Um, you know, you're, you're hacking up a bunch of dudes and making them explode into jibs when you die. You go flying and uh, you turn into a skeleton in midair, like ghosts and goblins, except it's just like, you know, oh, the yeah. power suit gets stripped away and your flesh goes with it and you're just a flying, <laughs> screaming skeleton. I don't it's dislike scary. that. Mm -hmm. Flying, screaming skeletons. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> more skeletons, more better. Mm -hmm. You know, it just starts out, you're just zero X until you put those two little plastic tabs on the jumpers. Yeah, that is right. a computer a tech joke, joke for slave Jesus drive. Christ. That is a slave drive we, joke. We no Michael. longer use that terminology, not just because it's obsolete. Yes, only in new games mm -hmm. do we use that <laughs> exactly. terminology. Well, I didn't name it. <laughs> 
I just played it. And if you get it on Steam, it comes with a free copy of the original Slave Zero. If you're like, who would name a game this? What kind of game would that be? Now you can find out. Um, hmm. It's actually pronounced Slave, and you've been saying it wrong the whole time. So Slave Zero. <laughs> Sons of the Forest came out this week. Is this one of those that emerged from early access, or was this a port of Sons of the Forest, or is this all new? I'm not sure. Um, you I'm, loved the forest, didn't you? I, I, I played you. the forest for a top five. I wouldn't say uh, I loved I thought, it. I thought I remembered you saying glowing things about it. I mean, it does some neat stuff, but yeah, I'm not really... It's a great Rush song. Mm -hmm. The sons are written in the forest. It's a a great Rush career. (laughs) (laughs) The trees are swaying in the wind. The trees Um, are really horny, and the wind is violent. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well then the last new release is actually related to a big news item. So Pentiment, which was that... Obsidian, which was the... Wasn't that the Obsidian game yeah. that Microsoft originally had on Game Pass and Xbox. Yes, the parchment game, to game. PlayStation and Switch this week. Yeah, which the Switch decided to ho- throw a whole party about. They sure did amongst other known things. So, I I was just looking at Steam to say see what did I forget and I forgot Terminator Dark Fate Defiance. What? what is that? Is- I thought I thought that was a mobile game. I swear to you, when I saw the name I, I was on the nope. list of new releases, I'm like, oh, that's got to be a mobile game. It is a real-time strategy that uh, kicks off in the early days after Judgment Day, when you're building a resistance to fight against the machines. So. Terminator Dark Fate is being followed up on in any way? I guess so, yeah. That's incredible. I, that, that, does, that does remind me, like, a... Uh, I was uh, uh for Valentine's Day I took my 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 lady and her kids to uh an ar- a big ass arcade and she gets into the rabbits ride and like Michael there's a rabbits ride here Ubisoft and like uh mm-hmm. pass my love to the team she said this is the greatest thing I've ever experienced and I wow. want to do it every day and like so if the devs there are ever feel down she says it on mic like like have her to be fair, she said that about Terminator Salvation arcade game <laughs> right afterwards. Where did you find a huge... Was your date in a Chuck E. Cheese or perhaps a Dave & Buster's or the 1990s? How did Matt, you find a when huge arcade? It, when it's Valentine's Day and you're dating one with kids and she has custody that day, you got to make things work. Was it and, your friend's uh, arcade? No. They, this is... Uh, do not tell the Padukan guys that I did this. <laughs> do not tell them I went there. <laughs> Dude, not they specialize... other arcades. <laughs> They specialize in actual great games and not silly novelties. Mm. But, uh, but <laughs> I, okay, tell me this: what was the ratio of ticket giving machines and games to regular arcade games in this over fifty fifty? Uh huh, uh huh. I couldn't yeah. believe it just because. But but when they put it on a card like that, it's just like, hey kid, those spider rings and tootsie rolls are ending up costing you thirty five dollars. Like, why are we doing? Don't get. We had to like tell them like there was such a big line like i will buy you the thing you want to redeem for for two dollars so we don't wait in this line so i was so proud of one of my kids we went to Chuck E. cheese once and Chuck E. cheese has a thing now where you get like you can pay for just a block of time versus like mm-hmm. oh that's great game, right but my kid figured out the claw machine there was set to be more fair, maybe, than other yeah. claw machines. Wow! So 
single-handedly we cleaned out it, all it gave you was bouncy balls it was just we had 10 bouncy balls of varying colors and i'm like you you work the system you you felt like we could be doing tickets and redeeming tickets for one of these balls you walked out of here with 10 different bouncy balls so proud of you yeah actually I'm, I'm i'm proud Oh, uh, beaming. So, yeah, before we move on, I, I do want to say we haven't had time to play either of these games. It is a big week for uh, survival games because in addition to Sons of the Forest, we also have Nightingale, which is like a whimsical, steampunky kind of survival game. And Pacific Drive, where you are driving around in an old station wagons in the post-apocalyptic ruins of the Pacific Northwest trying to find supplies to keep the car going. So that's interesting. You mean the PNW, as I heard someone from there refer to it today, and I went, my head went to A&W. I'm like, what's the PNW? And they're like, no, the PNW. Starving. Don't do this to me. I grew up in Washington State. I never called it that. Um, Yeah, I feel like that's like a Cali thing, where if you're from California, like, no, we, we don't call it Cali. We don't do that. And oh, I missed it. Well, we may as well talk about the Borderlands trailer mm-hmm. that came out. Because there ain't no rest for the wicked. And oh, money oh boy. don't, oh in boy. fact, grow on trees. You know, they should have used that song. Instead, mm-hmm. they they used a, an Electric Light Orchestra song because, as I was telling you guys off mic, I'm like, hey, man, they made a Guardians of the Borderlands trailer for sure. I mean, like, ELO rips, by the way. They're very, very good. You don't give yourself yes. a name like Electric Light Orchestra and not be good musicians at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. You know, there are no orchestral maneuvers in the dark. My preferred orchestra band of the 70s and 80s, but <laughs> I digress. Um, this trailer is fine. It was fun. It was, in my opinion, very much ripping Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And I'm very curious, like, okay, is the movie that? Or is that just, well, we got to market it this way because people sure seem to like those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as someone who, like, I, I've always wanted to like Borderlands more than I do. Which I don't hate Borderlands, and I play hours and hours of Borderlands, but I never really, it really never really became a, you know, one of my favorite series. But mm-hmm. I always wanted it to be because I love the way it looked. Well, one, how, how do you go wrong when you have half of the Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle cast? They literally do. Uh, yeah. But it, I really like that it, it's narrated in focus on Kate Blanchett, which yeah. is just like she's yeah. one of my favorite actors in the history of acting. And I've never been more interested in a Borderlands property than after seeing that trailer. I'm not kidding. I thought she was great. I thought Jack Black yeah. was fine as Claptrap. I think he's it's totally a good Claptrap. Uh, still don't understand the choice to make Kevin Hart the big, tough, merc guy. And he's like clearly shorter than everyone in that trailer, which yeah, I guess if they are going for the comedy Guardians angle, yeah. well, yeah, go get mm-hmm. Kevin oh, Hart. Oh, that won't lead to comedy at all. <laughs> like, it's like he should be more of like a rock, the rock character, but, uh, or, yeah, the, uh, he's. Yeah, it should be a three quarters. Jumanji. But then, uh, <laughs> you know, then, then he would have had to be the focus. Like, the, has The Rock ever played a supporting character since that mummy movie? 
The Rock is a villain now. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. Oh, is yeah, he? The wrestling world doesn't mm. like The Rock oh, anymore. Okay. Like, we don't talk about him on this show. Huh. Yeah. He's, a, he's a real kayfabe jerk. Okay. One thing I did like is, so Tiny Tina was in this, but like, they didn't just do the straight up Tiny Tina impression. Was Ashley Johnston? Or what's her, who, who, who plays Tiny Tina? Uh, the act, voice actor. Ashley something. Um, yeah, Ash. Uh, she's the same one that does at Eloy in... Um, like the one that did, hey, Ash, what you playing? Um, she's the sister of the guy who was the lead writer on Borderlands, too. It's- oh, my God. You you, you guys. Ashley Birch. Thank Ashley you. Birch. Reliance on getting this right. We could have Googled it <laughs> in the time. Like, I did Google it. But yeah, uh, so, so but I, I did kind of respect it. It's like, yeah, she's still Tiny Tina meant to be this kind of over the top character. And there's some one liners. But like, at least they had the restraint to like, yeah, don't. Don't do Ashley's version of Tiny Tina. Yeah. Just do your own thing. Uh, one thing I sort of hate is on the key art, on the big, uh, you know, the movie poster itself. It's like from the producer of Uncharted. Yeah, that's mm. fine. Maybe I guess Spider-Man. Yick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Venom. Yick. Yeah. Which Yick. Spider-Man? Well, there's also that. But like, why is what? Okay. What's going on with the Sony Spider-Verse where like Venom is now a thing we aspire to? Like Venom... No, no. V- Venom's a thing they aspire mm. to because it's the it's the most successful thing they've ever done without Marvel's direct feedback. But it's only based on how successful Venom in, is as a character. I remember like Adam from Paducah. Do you want to go see Venom? I'm like, no. But it's Venom. I'm like, all right, you're right. I love Venom. Um, I'll go see Let There Be Carnage. What are the worst movies I, like I've that ever was the seen? Second one, the, 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 oh god, I forgot that happened. It, I like Tom Hardy too. Like Tom Hardy's great. Hmm. Not he, in this. He's wasted. <laughs> yeah, he is completely not, not wasted in, in the Venom film. <laughs> not in but, this. It's fuck. It's it's hilariously terrible, uh, but not not egregious. It's still enjoyable. Like you can turn your brain off and enjoy it. It's fine. Yeah. But. I, I hey I, I bet we're gonna say that about the Borderlands movie. Actually. I'm very 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 upset with the, what, how the Sony vs Spider Verse is shaken out. So the idea that you like lead with that, like why? Because you guys profited on it. No one. This doesn't give you any credit at all. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes these movies. That kind of says a lot about this movie. If they're gonna put that, if they're gonna put Venom on this poster, it's like oh well. I don't. If, really if like you the think Venom, Venom was a success, rather than like Venom is a successful character throughout the last four decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I do. Anyway. I do think Jack Black pulls off at least a credible claptrap impression. Totally so. fine. Yeah. Totally. I mean, who'd have thought if you run your voice through a modulator to sound like <laughs> claptrap, a funny guy might be funny. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I, I thought the trailer, the trailer seemed fun. But Borderlands has always let me down. I am cautiously optimistic. We'll see. We'll see. I always how want to like that series more than I do. I yep. I like it quite Same. a bit. Uh, well, other than three, they lost me at three. But yeah. Anyway, uh, hey, there was a Nintendo Partner Direct this week, and they announced a lot of stuff. Part of which is related to all this Microsoft news we've been talking about. So they confirmed that Pentiment and Grounded. Uh, Grounded is the one no two, one no one predicted. Two of the four games jumping to Switch. We should have predicted Grounded because, like, we were saying. Yeah. The live game thing from Sea of Thieves makes total sense, and Grounded yep. is sort of another live-ish game. Yeah, and um, Grounded's a, 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 a E-rated uh, 
online game. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's Honey, it's, I Shrunk the Kids, the video yeah, game, basically. You're it, it's not a violent game. It's it's something that fits very well on the Switch. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. So, you know, yeah, Microsoft publishing stuff on Nintendo. Not the first time, by the way, so not that... I don't know. Not that it's not. It's not even the fourth time. It's it's yeah. it's odd that people thought this would be the death of Microsoft, and I even had to weigh in on that. Frankly, the bigger surprise to me, we're getting an Endless Ocean sequel coming to Switch. Wow. Endless Ocean Luminous was announced. So, not not to be confused with the Lumines. The Lumines. Right. <laughs> Outside of some some announcements here, this is always like, here's all this stuff in Japan they haven't told about it, America about yet. <laughs> It's the yeah. the big Japanese showcase. This is coming May 2nd, so it's pretty soon. Uh, we also got Shin Megami Tensei Five Vengeance. Uh, again, I am a Sega employee. I don't work on this game, though. So that is the uh, complete edition of the 2021 RPG, which adds a bunch of new content. So that is launching June 21st. This is a Chris announcement. Mm. Epic Mickey Rebrushed brings back Epic Mickey. A, a feat that... I want to say on the show fairly recently, you're like, this can never happen again. There's too much licensing or there's no, something it was, with it, or it maybe it's the it sequel that you're like, that can never it happen. It wasn't licensing, but I, 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 I talked to Warren Spector on and off Mike about that and that it was designed for a motion controller, which made the game um, uh, terrible. Terrible mm-hmm. forever. Terrible forever. So even when you tried to emulate it, <laughs> it was terrible forever. I... D- but I also don't know if you could salvage the game because the game. Do, do you remember playing Epic Mickey? Any any of you like? Uh, to be honest, it, I I didn't play much of the first. I've probably played uh, more of the second. The, the opening, by the time the, it had come out, I'd completely lost interest in Wii games. Honestly, the, mm. no. The opening is a huge slog, and I think that's that's because like. We're letting people get accustomed to this controller, mm-hmm. which which there is not a single thing that Epic Mickey does that requires motion controls. It's ridiculous. That couldn't be done with the right analog stick. Technically, you can do those and more with the Switch controllers. Just no one ever does. Yeah, totally. Right? Like the, the Switch totally. controllers have way more advanced sensors than the Wii. So, and and I I, I looked at Game Explains like uh, they were compa- comparing the trailer or cinematic footage. At the very least, it looks like it's not a remaster. It's it is a remake. It looks like they're remaking the game, and and a remake could make it because I, I like like what's the penny the penny's big breakaway is that the yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, like it, it is a it, it should have been a really great throwback to an N sixty four game, but instead it is it is awful. It is a, it was it was a well not awful, but it was a very very dark and complete lack of fidelity with horrible controls that could be fixed but they, i didn't see any of that gameplay i don't know i'm You're talking epic mickey here was was very dark it should have been i, I am i am it just like there, there's pacing in the beginning that also needs to be changed and that that mm. can happen with a remake and not a remaster yeah so i hope they're doing they're leading more towards a remake than a remaster yeah. Um, well, there's also the cutscenes. It's like I'm not sure how I'd feel about those getting remade because they were they were static, like visual novel style cutscenes, mm. but in sort of a Mary Blair inspired style. Direct, not sort of directly. Oh. But I mean, I, I remember being in a meeting and like and and I was getting all these Disney references, and a PR person was like, "Warren wants to know if you understand who drew the cutscenes," and I was like, "It looks like Alice in Wonderland." 
and he's like, Warren says close. And <laughs> they're texting back and forth. And, uh, it, but yeah, it's, it is absolutely Mary Blair. Mm-hmm. They'll keep that, but, it, but the cutscenes, by cutscenes, I mean the cinematic sequences, mm-hmm. they're different. Mm-hmm. But, but there's a lot of pacing issues and beyond the darkness and control issues. I, I, I really want this to come together in something people can mildly enjoy 10 years from now. Cause Epic Mickey, I, for me, feels like it deserves to be preserved, but it really, really sucks trying to play that original game. Yeah. In, I think in, that's what this is meant to address. Is like you can bet they're making it way more playable, and I that's coming so. this year. So, but I don't, I don't know who's making it, and I don't know what they're doing. So, like, I know, looked it up. It's um, a studio called Purple Lamp, I believe, and it's been Purple published Lamp. by THQ Nordic. So, Purple Lamp. The stuff that they've worked on, they did some work on Sea of Thieves. At least that's on their website. Um, they make all the new the SpongeBob rehydrated games. They did the SpongeBob games. That's right. Mm. That's that's what's listed on their website. So Sponge, which were valiant, and 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 those were better than they were. So Cosmic okay. Shake, oh. Battle of Battle for Bikini Bottom, uh, and Sea of Thieves, and a game, and the Guild Three, which I would have thought was just. Season three of that Felicia Day show. <laughs> um, all right. All right. Uh, let's see. Star Wars Battlefront getting a remake, a nostalgic return, if you will. Um, they're getting a port of the first two games, the original Star Wars Battlefront, not the, the good more ones. recent ones. Who's doing yes. this? Aspire? Uh, I believe so. 64 player battles are coming, new characters and maps. And it's hitting the eShop very soon, March 14th. You don't have to wait very long Ooh. for that one. Uh, let's see some other fun stuff. Just looking at kind of the highlights. Uh, Unicorn Overlord, again, Sega employee. This is another Sega title. This is like that Vanillaware uh, style game. If you guys have played those games, um, Odin Sphere. Sound familiar to you, mm-hmm. Michael? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Vanillaware. So very excited about that one. Uh, let's see what else. Just going down the list. Oh, Super Monkey Ball, Banana Rumble, 16-player online yeah. mode. June 25th, again, another Sega thing. World of Goo 2 is launching May 23rd as a Switch exclusive. The first sequel to World of Goo? I saw someone That was announced at the uh, Game Awards. They showed showed that, but I didn't know it was Switch console exclusive. It's coming May 23rd. Yeah, if you you remember, that was an iPhone game that Mm -hmm. couldn't... It didn't have a functional way to be ported to anything other than Wii. It was a bad way to play that game, but... uh, the Wii was the console associated with World of Goo, if you can still remember that game. So strange. I am so pleased by this announcement and the punditry on display. You guys ready for this? Uh-huh. Pocket Card Jockey Ride On. Oh, shit. Is, on, is, is out. It, it was announced. It came out earlier nice. this week. So go play. It should have been in our new releases. I that is a great. That is a great jockey. fucking game. Yes. So, yeah, so yeah. Switch version available to play now. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this this show's very own Brett Elston was very excited about a lot of the rare games coming to Switch online, including Blastcore. <laughs> Blastcore in oh, yeah. particular, because playing that with an Xbox controller was impossible and bad. Hmm. And the only way to really play that is with an N64 controller, which you could never do legally or officially until now. Ah, so you're saying I should bite the bullet and actually get an N64 controller for Switch. 
I think they are if, available again. If, if if we're assuming Switch is going to offer this service on its next console, and we are who we are, we shouldn't have to explain our mm-hmm. credentials. We're old. Uh, yeah, I, I love buying those old Nintendo controllers and having the games I love work in exactly the same way. Yeah. Uh, I haven't bought the 64 controller yet, but I bought the NES and Super Nintendo ones. I love playing like that. I really do. Well, if you don't love that game, they also got uh, Killer Instinct, Battletoads and Battle Maniacs, RC Pro-Am. I'm fucking amped. I yeah. love RC, RC Pro-Am. Pro-Am is the shit. So good. And Snake, Rattle and Roll. Oh, uh, I, amazing I game. No one ever talks about Beautiful game. I also love yeah. that it's the Super Nintendo version of Killer Instinct. So, like the the port from the arcade, not the arcade oh, wow. game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the one that's not hasn't been available on. on well, that's why it's I think it's available. Online. Like uh, Microsoft has it. It's available yes. through Xbox. Um, well, I thought it was the arcade. It's not the arcade version. No, they only Nintendo Online is only stuff on Nintendo. Yeah. No, the own. Microsoft version is the arcade version. The Super yes. Nintendo version. Yes, yes, yes. Hasn't yes. been made available yet. Yeah. I thought it was on Rare Replay, but maybe not. You could be right. Oh, I, I think yeah. it is. I think yeah. it is. Um, also, you skipped over it. Uh, they, they, there's multiplayer DLC paid coming to Suica Game. And I just want to say Suica Game is a fantastic, like, falling object style puzzle. Uh, you should all check it out for Switch if you like those games even a little bit. It is hmm. very addictive. And I want to say Suica My Dick, Michael. I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to add a little Man. bit of me into having no <laughs> yeah. information about it's good. these games. It's, it's a, a game one. where you drop little, very various sizes of fruit into a well, and they combine to make bigger pieces of fruit. And the goal is to eventually make a watermelon. Uh, oh, it's it's great. Watermelon. It's great. Trust me. Does that imply that watermelon is the ultimate evolution of every yes. fruit? Yes, it should be. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the only candy that tastes like its fruit. Watermelon deserves an award all day. Mm, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All day. If you eat a, if you eat a grape or a strawberry and then taste one, you'll be disappointed and sometimes horrified. Watermelon <laughs> candy will prepare you for eating a real watermelon. They're delicious. Let's see. I got a bevy, a bevy of Microsoft news, I tell you, fellows. It's mostly mm. confirmation of rumors and stuff we've been discussing. So we already talked about Grounded and Pentiment hitting switch um they also confirmed hi-fi rush and sea of thieves are coming to other platforms such as your playstation 5 again not none of these very surprising it's like yeah of course you know sea of thieves live service game needs more players mm-hmm. totally right it's it's a great it's a great tactic if you think about it like get make this a thoroughly cross-platform people yeah. totally addicted to it mm-hmm. and then tell them at some point if they're focusing on game pass all your updates here are free. Uh, all the new content is free, and all these all these games you've enjoyed on other platforms are free on this platform. It's kind of neat. Yeah, I, that's a weird strategy though, because the people would have already bought it on the other platform. No, so it's it's, it's, like... it's fucking risky as hell. But like, it's all Microsoft has because most sure. people, it's clear Microsoft can't compete with Nintendo and Sony in the in the console space anymore. Yeah, it is like I, I do feel like well, these are all. They're good games, but are they going to get people really excited about this plan? I feel like if you really wanted to knock people's socks off, you come out the door with, like, Forza and or Halo Infinite, something like that, like the really big guns. Those are the ones that they're still, like, the Starfields of the world, they're still like, no, we want to bring people to our platform. Mm -hmm. 
This, to me, feels much more like we want to recoup our investment on yes. these games <laughs> and put them on other platforms, which totally fine. Yes, your business. Yeah, totally. One thing that was interesting to me, though, that probably one of the biggest surprises of the week in terms of all the Xbox news. So Phil Spencer was like, hey, I reaffirm our commitment to physical. Physical is totally valid. Like, don't worry. There's rumors you heard about us going all pure digital. Come on. That's not true. It's Phil's basic take on everything is like, hey, whatever makes the most business sense will do. But then they announced that, like, they are not the ones publishing the physical versions of Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment that's being oh, handled shit. by limited run games. That's was, crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so Phil on the one hand was like, hey, all those rumors you heard about us shutting down our physical team, that wasn't true. All that was was, as we suspected, redundancies. They they had basically physical publishing teams at Activision, Bethesda, and Microsoft and it was like, we got multiple teams doing the same job. Let's, you know. And that's, that's in the same, the same week. Um Disney announced, or uh, it was leaked, I think, that yes, every Sony Disney, is Sony is going to publish every single Disney movie on physical media because Disney has no interest moving forward. And yeah, and every and and that it's ah, this is, we'll let the boutique people deal with this. <laughs> That's so strange. Well, these these games in particular, Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment, make total sense for limited run games, right? But I mm-hmm. don't think this means like let's just say Microsoft did bring Starfield to other platforms. I don't think they're letting limited run handle that. They would probably do that in house as my I, I forget so. the stat, but like when I saw Starfield sales numbers, as in people bought this game instead of getting Game Pass, it was insane. Like the, the, way more people bought mm. Starfield than signed up for Game Pass. So mm. yeah. Yeah. One thing that was uh, another piece of news that it's like you have to read between the lines, but Phil had some quotes basically talking about wanting to use the strength of their first-party catalog to drive kind of Game Pass um, subscriptions. And so it was sort of hinted that this year's Call of Duty game, which is most likely going to be October-ish, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a Black Ops game. I want to say it's like blops. a Gulf War-based Blops game. That one might be Day One Game Pass, which I thought Hmm. is the opposite of what we'd heard during all the UK trial stuff yeah. of like I thought they had to not put Call of Duty on Game Pass for a few years. W- so. Was that a news story last week that the first Activision game on Game Pass is Diablo 4? No, that was this week and they confirmed the date yeah. March 28th. So that yeah, is coming right. very soon. So a month from now the first the first result of that not a hostile takeover, a polite takeover. <laughs> That very drawn-out merger. Yes. Well, yeah, Activision wouldn't have sold unless it was about to be sued out of existence. Mm. I'm kind of glad I held out and didn't buy Diablo 4 on sale. Like, okay, cool, it's coming to Game Pass in March. Great, can't wait to play. I've always wanted to buy the Diablo games on sale, and they never are. It's the worst sales ever. $4 off Diablo! And and I'm the worst kind of Call of Duty player. Like, I only play the campaigns. I'm not a multiplayer online multiplayer guys so like to me like cod coming to game pass perfect okay cool i'll be able to play through the campaign and then i'm done and i don't have no to play and then we'll play the zombies mode together okay that's fair and then, and then we'll, we'll ignore chris's my he'll he'll claim we're ignoring him when his mic's broken michael mm. as, as you might oh, recall yeah, from yeah. When- <laughs> assholes <laughs> i love when we have whenever we are the worst at trying to play online folks i wish you could be there to see it it's oh it, because we we do it every like 10 months and forget how to set <laughs> it up. We forget how to we forget how to join <laughs> parties. It's so good. Um one thing though, I hope I haven't forgotten. 
or at least maybe it, maybe it'll be muscle memory. Fucking Elden Ring, baby. Hell yeah. There was a, a series of Elden Ring DLC announcements. First of all, we got the name. Shadow of the Erd Tree DLC. We got the date. June 21st, baby. Let's go. Happy birthday, Michael and Matthew. We got El- oh, Elden yeah. Ring DLC in June. Let's see. We got... It's, uh, it's going to be... The way he said it, it was like, it's a brand new map, but it's like a variation of existing map. So it's hmm. like... It takes place in an all-new place, like it a will different have instance. A poison swamp, which is the important thing. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I'm approaching a from software. I, I can't wait. The Borderlands when, when movie Michael, only has when, a piss swamp, not a poison. When Michael swamp. sent me the trailer, all the comments were, like, "I can't wait to see the new swamp." Like, <laughs> <laughs> they showed off a lot of the bosses in the trailer, um, and implied the story centers around. So this is going to get really confusing. But here's all you need to know. So Michaela is like the brother of the hardest optional boss from Elden Ring, yeah. which is Melania, the blade of Michaela, right? Yeah. So that's it's the brother and sister team that are basically the son and daughter of these two like god, demigods that had yeah. kids. Although I thought that that guy that was like heavily featured in the trailer that has like a statue uh, in the like the special collector set, like that's not uh, Michaela, that's, uh, no, that's Mesmer. That's different. That's Mesmer, and he's a different demigod that, like, he has a throne in that throne room of... I don't want to talk Elden Ring lore. Whatever, right? Um, And I'm sure there will be plenty of it here. But this seems like a substantial DLC. It's going to cost $40 just for the DLC. And there's a... But if you want to pay more, Chris, there's a $250 collector's edition that comes with a statue. Yeah. For the DLC? $250 $250 DLC. Comes with a statue, I mean, that, though. So. I, I just wanted to comment on, like, you saying, like, uh, it's going to be a lot of similar assets. Elden Ring was one of the biggest, longest games I've ever played. And every time I'm on my PlayStation 5, ah, you're out of space, you got to delete something. Like, L- Jedi Survivor, 170 gigs. Yeah. Elden yeah. Ring sitting here, I'm 39 gigs. Hello. I know. I like, know. Oh, that's why the game was so big because they recycle things constantly, and <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. Like I've Me played too. all the previous Dark Souls DLC packs; they're always phenomenal. They're about typically, you know, half the length of the full game. This is totally going to be worth it. The Elden Ring, pound for pound, was the best entertainment value I've ever had. The yep, number of hours I put into that thing for, I can't remember if it was 60 or 70, doesn't fucking matter. So that, the DLC is 40, it, that, that DLC is going to be worth $400 in entertainment value. Like, just mm-hmm. just get it, folks. That, Don't, is, that is huge, though, but anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that's all the news that's fit to play. All right. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always this segment in our community. Community. Question of the week was, what's the biggest asshole move you've ever... I love this question. ...old in a game? Um, the official Laser Time community on Facebook, Joe Menjavar says, Every time I play a Persona game and date all the girls, sorry, ladies, but I am who I am. A dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Never seals the deal. <laughs> I, I get this, though. Like, I learned this about myself fairly recently. I have... What's known as a completionist mentality with games, mm-hmm. like I'm the guy who pl- who gets all the weapons in the Dark yeah. Souls game and yet only ever uses one. Get it? So you feel ladies. like you're missing part of the game if you've only romanced one of the people. You got to mm-hmm. romance them all if the game lets you, unless it's Baldur's Gate, and then it makes you choose. Like, hey, you can't be dating both of us. What do you? That way about life. Uh, from Threads, uh, our Threads community, uh, 
Raccoon Hale says, similar to Matt's comes from Red Dead Redemption, but it's Manifest Destiny achievement for shooting the last buffalo. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Is that possible? Uh, I, I did. It was an asshole move against nature, and I regretted it ever since. Yes, even to this day. <laughs> Is that a thing you can do? Yes, yep. it's a real achievement. Mm-hmm. They, oh, my yeah, goodness. They really, they really figured out. Buffalo in the map. Got to tug those heartstrings, man. Uh, let's see. Artemis underscore Clydesdale says, Back when World of Warcraft Burning Crusade first launched, there was a glitch that let you fly without a mount and attack people in midair. I was a fucking menace for a good month. <laughs> uh, they also sent us a link to a video of them doing it, which is quite awesome. So go check that out. Thank you, Artemis. On, on the threads.net where we are. What's our handle, Michael? The At same VG handle we use everywhere? Apocalypse. There it is. Yep. Uh, well, on the Hell site, formerly known as Twitter, um, which I still insist on calling Twitter, so just Twitter, fuck you, uh, Easy Right Maybe, at Alex Easter 8 says, Offline, hucking the baby penguin into the void mm. in Mario 64. <coughs> its mom <coughs> trusted me. <coughs> Distraught, I confessed to my mom and had the rented N64 sent back. Uh, online, tricking naive kids on OG Fantasy Star Online into giving me their rare weps, then pretending to get disconnected. I even typed, oh no! (laughs) (laughs) So unconvincing. (laughs) You typed the fake cell phone disconnect? Like, oh no! (laughs) It's breaking up! Oh no, that's like the Wicked Witch of the West being dissolved. (laughs) Like, uh, What a world. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Also from Twitter, Nefdog says, In Knights of the Old Republic, I used to force... Uh, I used the force to make a Romeo and Juliet S couple's uh, family kill each other in front of them. What? Is that possible? Yeah, do a mind uh, trick, probably, I, I never yeah. played it as a bad guy again because I, I felt like such a prick. I did, however, finish the first playthrough as a complete cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy! Uh, Knights of the Old Republic just triggered like a complete um, crisis of personality for me because it was just like, wait, am I doing the good stuff because I've been conditioned to expect a reward for it by games, or am I mm. doing it because I genuinely want to do good things? And what I've figured out since is I'm doing it because I can't bring myself to be rude to people in a video game. <laughs> Can't, uh, can't condition myself to be rude to people in a video game who have four responses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you fucking asshole. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I see. I, I... Uh, from Bisky Blue Sky, uh, Handsome Ralph says, So, when Rainbow Six Vegas was first released for Xbox 360, my friends and I figured out that if you detonated multiple C4 packs at once in small room... It would more often than not crash the game and lock up your 360. So, knowing this, we would all start multiplayer deathmatches on matchmaking against other teams of five. At the start of the match, in one of the casino maps, rather than going to find the other team, we would immediately beeline for one of the bathrooms (laughs) and all hide inside the bathroom. As soon as the other team finished sweeping the map, likely confused because they couldn't find any of us, inevitably... One of them or all of them would come check the bathrooms. As soon as we saw the door open, we'd blow the C4, crashing the game. We only did this a handful of times, and I recognize how much of an asshole move wow, it was. Yeah. 
but it was probably the funniest thing we did for all of two nights. The it's, end. It's <laughs> not like only a, it with the end. It's not only a dick move. Like you, you, you like you booted people from the server. <laughs> you crashed their console. Like you could have broken people's consoles. Yeah. Like. That wow, would, that would probably be if that were the case that you could break consoles because the game crashes. They would probably have to recall the game or issue an immediate patch. So. I mean, I, I, in the 360 era, no, but like mm. in this era, like if the console dies, like who the currency is kind of like falls up in the air. Like uh, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like uh, this doesn't count yeah, when the maybe. when the console crashes. We also have a video response from Cody Smith, who says... Good evening, Video Game Apocalypse. Cody here, and when I heard about the question of the week this week, I immediately went to one of my favorite games of all time. So as far as games where you have to be a big asshole, I think there's no other game that represents this idea more than... That's right, in Bioshock, you have the option to basically kill every single little sister that you come across, and it ends with a awesome cinematic of, like, little girls, like, jumping out of the submarine. It's so evil, and, like, I, I definitely am not one who generally does the evil path in games, but I did it once for just, like, a completionist uh, playthrough of it. But anyways, it's, it's just one option that you can play in the game. Most of the time, I save them when I do my playthroughs. But anyways, thank you guys for the show, and we'll see you tonight. All right, thank you, Cody. I never did that, but um, yeah, man, I was uh, admirable of people who did. Cause I couldn't do it. Hmm. All right. Well, new question of the week: What's your favorite franchise that has been dormant for at least ten years? Um, I think you could probably guess mine by what I made number one in the top what? five, which is Castlevania. You made oh, it number yeah. one during the top five. I did. But yeah, Castlevania is one of my favorite series ever, and I—I I mean, mm. I know like things have to die at some point. Um, you know, thirty games is a lot of games. You can't keep just going on forever and ever. But uh, I would love to see someone's take on Castlevania. Some something new. You know, give me give me a whip wielding Belmont to be again. I love the series. I love its mythology, no matter what version of it. We're looking at, and uh, I think it's kind of strange and sad that there there hasn't even yeah. been like a little, you know, downloadable game that wasn't for my phone uh, in the last ten years. Yeah, phone games don't count, by the way. Yeah, especially not if they were originally free to play. And which <laughs> or... is why I can say, in a few months, Mario Kart Eight hmm. is ten years old. Wow! Yeah, the longest ever time in between a Mario Kart game. Because uh, Mario Kart, Mario Kart one through seven existed in twenty years, ten years. Mario Kart eight has held up the mantle, and they've done it pretty well. Even though I would argue tracks and even characters aren't as important as like a new mechanic or like a new gimmick, yeah. uh, like something like Double Dashy to add to Mario Kart for 10 years to never readdress that franchise. And they, and blah, 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 Mario Kart tour. I know, but I'm not playing that fucking game. Yeah. Uh, that's not how well, Mario Kart is meant to be played. But yeah, I mean that, that we talked about that as one for possible inclusion. We decided like, well, it's been getting DLC a lot 
Same they same. added 40 I don't think that's more the same tracks thing. to the game. They've added that that game has 96 tracks total now. Mm. And the tracks were largely made in the mobile version. Hmm. Like those are mobile those are games designed by the mobile people. Okay. And they're all pre-existing tracks too for the most part. Uh they're from other games. Mm. And no, they are no I think all of everything in that expansion pass I'm pretty sure was from a previous but, Mario Kart games, but they're reworked like they are they're redone to work in that game in that engine. Like even even the flat ones from SNES era are like they added some stuff, so it's not just you jumping around. But it's it's track. like if you think you're not getting old, Mario Kart is a 32 year strong franchise. The last 10 years on consoles, one Mario game, mm. one. Uh, there's been one, and I, I I love the idea of adding multiple tracks. I just never like I go in for a day. And I play those new tracks, and I never play it again because it's not a new experience. And the most fun thing about Mario Kart, especially once they went online, is playing with millions of people. But that ne- that doesn't happen with DLC courses. Well, I, w- I was yeah. trying to use that as a jumping off point for another one. It's like it's been getting DLC. Another game that's been getting DLC, but mysteriously, like Sims Four. There has never yeah. been a Sims 5. Right. The, the Sim City, Sim everything, that effectively ended 10 years ago with Sims 4, which has gotten DLC as recently as December. But, like, it's weird that we don't have, like, a new virtual dollhouse to take advantage of new consoles and everything totally. else. It was less than, like, two years between Sim and Sim 1. Sims 1 and Sims 2. Mm-hmm. And, and But, you know, the DLC potential wasn't there just yet sure and yeah. so i'm not i'm not lamenting like because every time i load up mario kart 8 and i play it everyone in my house can play it it's awesome i'm not saying it's just weird it's just weird it's never been more popular and uh, like whatever i think the rumor of the nintendo switch uh 2 is looming on everybody's mind and i i have to imagine like a new Zelda won't raise their stock prices. A new Mario, a new Mario Kart would get the whole world interested. And like, oh mm-hmm. shit! Yeah, I mean, and, given sales of the last Zelda, a new Zelda would absolutely raise their stock. To- prices. No, totally, <laughs> totally. But, but but Mario Kart raises the eyebrows of people oh, yeah. outside the games and financial industry. Oh yeah, and uh, to children, to fuck it, to everyone, everyone. Yeah. That game and, sold uh, so many. But but it makes sense to me that there should be one Mario Kart per platform at this point. And that's only been the last three Nintendo platforms. This is how old I am that I have to say things like that. The last three Nintendo platforms. Hmm. Hmm. Um, actually, no, it's been, yeah, there's usually one Mario Kart per platform, come to think. You guys are just, I think, more pointing out one of the drawbacks of live service games. Because the games you listed have all had a lot of live support true. in some way, shape, or form. Like Sims Sims doesn't need a five because, like you said, they're doing new DLC. And, and, and mobile, mobile, but but like, again, it is different. Like when I remember when Mario Party, Mario Kart 4 came out, like the whole, holy shit, I have this dumb Wii U that plays nothing. <laughs> and, and like, Everybody I knew with a Wii U, you could play something online all the time. Most Wii games, it takes you forever to matchmake because there's no one there. Well, I have an entry that's not a live game. I feel like you guys cheated. And I'm going to make I it a, a, clear up front. This is Matthew Allen saying this, not Michael Rapars, who works mm-hmm. for Ubisoft. My dormant franchise that 
has had spin-offs recently, but no mainline games. I gotta get a Rayman platformer, baby. I yeah. loved I was never a rare platformer guy, like just didn't play the Banjo Kazooie games. My 3D platformer of choice, I loved Rayman like for the collectathon type games. Mm-hmm. I loved those 3D Rayman platformers where it was all about collection. I also love the 2D, the hand-drawn, cartoony-looking ones with Origins mm-hmm. and Legends. And it's like, look, dude, Mario versus Rabbids is really fun and really cool. It is not the same thing. And it's like, I just – someone give me some more Rayman, man. It's it's just a shame. It's it's like one of the premier platforming franchises in gaming history. And it's like, oh, it's been so long since we got one. And I love them yep. all. So please, yep. more Rayman. Though if you're looking for that type of gameplay, uh, Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown, you know, incorporates a lot of that DNA. It's by the same team. And the so. 2D one, but yeah. I think Matt might be harkening back to like two and three. Mm. Yes, which, I was. I was even talking about yeah, like the 3D Rayman games, like mm. two in particular. God, so good on Dreamcast. I love that mm-hmm. game so much, man. All right. So, what is a dormant franchise dormant for at least ten years or more? That, Ten years or more uh, that you miss the most favorite favorite long dead franchise. Let us know. Go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer or ping us on Twitter, Threads, or Blue Sky at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the answers on next week's show. That has been our show. Let's call it some plugs, guys. What do we got? Patreon.com slash Laser Time! Uh, we just recorded a... Uh, we're just recording an Escape from New York episode. Ooh. Which, uh, I say on the show, I hold that the Warriors, Aliens, and Escape from New York inspired everything you like about games mm-hmm. for years. Uh, and, and, and with Rambo lo- and Streets of Fire, but yes, Rambo fair, Street. Well, Streets fair. of Fire is always my parenthetical with Warriors and, and, and Road Warrior, mm, the Road yes. Warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. But it, it, like, even when I was playing Hell Divers, like this just has escaped from John Carpenter and Aliens references all throughout it because this is this is how we know what genre is being presented. Uh, it, it's really. It, Starship Troopers aside, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Escape from New York is so important. It's not even my favorite John, John Carpenter movie, but it's so important yeah, as, and, as a film. And I remember when I finally saw it as an adult, I realized, like, this is not just what inspired the character of Solid Snake with Snake Plissken. Yeah. This feels like a Metal Gear movie. Like, the structure yeah. of Metal mm-hmm. Gear Solid borrows heavily from Escape yeah. from New York. Yeah. Uh, you you go from indistinct level to indistinct level, but you encounter weirdo-ass boss... Like, not just bosses, but like people who are the boss of this area mm-hmm. that you have to contend with. And that's what Escape from New York is. And there's not a lot of it, surprisingly. Like, there's not extended fiction. There's two movies. One better than... They're both the same movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a fascinating film, and... Uh, Man, listen to it, patreon.com slash laser time for five bucks. But just watch it anyway to be a better better dork. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you absolutely should see it. It's very, very good. York. Yeah. And if you have to choose, go New York over L.A. Although L.A. has a pretty killer surf- surfing scene. L- L.A. got lambasted as like a terribly disappointing follow-up. Uh, it, and it, it's and not it had a, what, a, a white zombie <laughs> song. 
<laughs> run, baby, run, escape from LA. That's the one. But but it, it, it's a, essentially a reboot remake of the first movie. It, huh. It's just the same. But I bet it doesn't have Isaac Hayes. It, well, <laughs> I don't want to talk about why it doesn't because <laughs> Jesus Christ, I, I don't know how well that is handled mm. in this day and age. Mm. Uh, but we, I, it does. It's one of my favorite pieces of trivia. I'll tell you about patreon.com slash laser. There you go. Wow. That's a tease right there, folks. Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and plug. Please make sure you know you, you hear the ads in the show. Check out our sponsors. The uh, The link is in the show description, uh, but I'll just provide it here one last time. NordVPN.com slash laser time. Click uh, on it. Supporting sponsors actually does support yeah. the show as well. I use NordVPN all the time for reasons. <laughs> reasons that are sometimes related to uh, research for the show I'll just say Interesting. that uh, as always you can visit us online at the official Laser Time community on Facebook follow us on Twitter, Blue Sky or Threads at VG Apocalypse follow me personally on those platforms at Wikiparaz that's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z and uh, that's been our show thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next week Cool, porn. I'll watch porn.